2: This is episode 300 of Wheel Bearings. <laughs> I'm Sam Abual samit from Guidehouse Insights.
3: And I'm Nicole Wakeland. I'm going to mention a new thing. I have another podcast I'm doing called The Road Reflected. That's myself and my hubby and random guests. So second podcast out there. Excellent. Yeah, not as cool as this one, obviously. This is, <laughs> well, yeah, you know.
0: And I'm Roberto Baldwin, back from Europe. I don't have, I don't know, where am I from? Let's think. I feel like I should have a podcast. You know, now you're going
2: to get emails complaining about why it takes you so long to figure out where you're from.
3: Robbie, don't be a braggart. Just figure it out. Say where you're from. Come up. Oh,
0: with it. Uh, let's just say Engadget. Engadget's good to me. Okay. They're good people. <laughs> yeah, we're all back. Um, last week we had um,
2: a collection of the interviews that we did at the New York Auto Show while um, at least two of the three of us were vacationing. Um, Robbie and his wife were in Europe. I was in Hawaii with my wife. Nicole was actually in Hawaii for a couple of days, uh, yeah. but then then went home because she she didn't see fit to take her husband with her. I
3: know, man.
0: Oh, that's messed
2: up.
3: I caught so much flack. Like, randomly, I said to us, I'm like, oh, well, you know, Sam and his wife. He's like, wait, I'm sorry. What, Sam and his wife? I'm like, Sam, Sam's wife is is
1: here. oh crud like i knew it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> really this is after he just came in and helped you with your podcast material uh, hardware <laughs> what he doesn't know won't hurt you i guess is the way it goes right
3: yes i was like well next time gosh okay i'll make sure i bring you buddy <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh so anyway we're all back together and we've got stuff to talk about we've, we've been driving lots of stuff and there's there's a some interesting news this week uh and we got a bunch of listener questions to answer later so let's start with robbie this time
0: is still chewing her bagel she had a delicious bagel that's toasted if she doesn't chew it it'll go cold um i drove uh a few weeks back i drove the 2022 ford expedition i think we all know what the expedition is big giant three row suv that you can shove all your friends into if you have you know so many friends if you have seven if you have six friends um and so i drove that And okay, so here's the deal. (laughs) As what it is, at the base of what it is, as the Ford Expedition, a very large vehicle with a lot of room to put a lot of people or a lot of stuff, it's fine. It's great. It does what it's supposed to do. That's what it is. Then you get to the technology that Ford has put into it. And I feel like Ford has just sort of (laughs) like… (laughs) half-assed <laughs> the stuff they put in there <laughs> like the infotainment system was a little it's the same like big screen that we're seeing in the maki and all you know the, the curtain that you know that's that's sort of rolling out in, into the ford lineup and it just it just it felt slower um and then the uh the the driver's assistance was just herky-jerky that's the word i'm saying i'm coming up it was just like slamming on the gas cramming on the brakes it was just I was like what is going on especially after you drive like the Machi or the ford f-150 or the you know the f-150 lightning where it feels you're like okay this is you know they're really they're getting it they're getting closer to 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 super cruise you know they're they're you know they're they're getting up there with their their hands-free system and this vehicle it just feels like it's all the the tech That you expect in there but none of the 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 groundwork done for it is like you know what we know what you want the ford expedition you got a lot of friends you got a lot of kids you got a lot of crap you you need to get it from point a to point b we're going to give you that and then we're going to give you the new tech but it's not going to be as nice or as polished as what we have in some of the other other vehicles, and it just sort of it it it, it sort of bugged me like a lot, <laughs> and uh you know it's uh, I drove it up to um to Yosemite, my band had a show so I ended up getting this giant sh- vehicle so there's a ton of room, I was able to get like all of our we had a PA system we had to put in there I had guitars I had amps I had like Mike stand, like all you know, drum stuff, and percussion stuff, all that fit in there, no problem. Plus our stuff, drove it up there, no problem. Dries nice, comfortable for a nice long drive. But the whole time I'm just like, why, why? Just just this. Okay, so the M. Okay, so the the base price for this thing is sixty-seven thousand three hundred forty-five dollars. The one I had was eighty three thousand dollars. It was the uh, the limited. It has a three point five liter EcoBoost V six. Um, it was in this like red color, and I was like, for all this money, just throw Pay the extra two hundred bucks for the better <laughs> for something <laughs> to make it work better. And so I don't know. And it, you know the the fuel thing. The fuel economy on this thing is is it's not great. Uh, Sixteen city, twenty two highway uh, combined is eighteen. I got it in eco mode. I drove that thing in eco mode the whole time. I do have to go uphill and downhill. So, you know, it's not just a regular, but I got to uh, 17 and I was really like, Ooh. at one point I got to 20 and I was like, yeah, I felt was like that a when superhero. you were downhill
2: with a tailwind.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And so you know the 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 folks are going to buy the expedition. They're going to buy the expedition. I think it's you know it's a legacy vehicle. It's it's something like well I had an expedition. i want to get another expedition. And you know I want want a big vehicle. I, I have to haul a lot of people or things. And that's that's fine. It's just I I you know it's this is a 2022. So hopefully you know I don't know why they have the 2022 in the, in the fleet, but that's what I got. Um, But hopefully the next refresh or, you know, maybe a little silent refresh, they'll sort of work, just tweak the technology a little bit, just a little, just, just get rid of some of that latency, fix the, the adaptive cruise control for the love of God, please fix the adaptive cruise control. It was just, it was not good. It was just like, wow, this is... This is mm, mm. so like for years, like three years ago, like Hyundai's adaptive cruise control was just eh, it wasn't so great. It was very sort of herky jerky, and that's and I'm like okay, and they've they fixed they they've worked on it, they've gotten better. And with the Ionic Six, it's it's outstanding. That they, they did such a, a great job with their next version of their driver's assistance suite. But the Ford Expedition, is it the weight? Is it just like okay, there's just too much weight I have to fight with in order to 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 drive this vehicle smoothly. I don't know. But if you're if you're down with the Ford Expedition, you're probably gonna be fine with it. Just you know, just know that you're just gonna be like <laughs> kind of sloshing back and forth in your seat like David Byrne. <laughs> <laughs> um going forward and back. Uh so yeah, um before we move on to the next car. So okay, I'm gonna let you guys pick the uh, destination fee on this uh oh. this mega big car. I'm gonna say sixteen ninety five.
3: I'm
0: going to say 16. It's 1695 on the dot. Oh,
3: wow. okay.
0: I was like, well, Sam cheating.
2: <laughs> no. Cause I, I had one some, a few months back or maybe a year ago. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I recalled that it was, it was 1600
0: or
3: 1695.
0: You, you remember that it was a lot. Yeah. A lot that, of yeah. To, to move it from, from, uh, from down the street from your house. Well, your actually, house. the the
2: uh, the expedition would come from Louisville. Um,
3: then it's all okay. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: yeah. Even if it was down the street, it wouldn't matter.
2: But you know, like an F one hundred and fifty built in Dearborn, which is like twenty five miles from me, <laughs> would would also cost the same amount. Yeah. So. yeah that's, that's...
3: It's a it's a rigorous twenty five miles. Yeah.
0: It's a rigorous. They, they it's just
2: a heavy it. vehicle. You know, they
0: drive it as the crow flies, so they're just driving through houses. <laughs> You have no it's, idea. <laughs> it's,
2: it's a lot. actually I think they take them to a staging yard in Kansas and collect them all there and then distribute them onto the trucks and trains. you know so they'll put an expedition and, a, and an F150 and a focus and you know an escape on a truck that's going to one particular dealer. So they, they all have to go to Kansas first and then they get distributed to all over the country.
0: They all have to go to Kansas first. That's a horrible... <laughs> the, the worst Get Up Kids song title. They all have to go to Kansas first. For all my Get Up Kid fans out there. I guess just me, probably. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so the next car I drove was the 2023 BMW i7. This was the x 60 with the 21-inch wheels. Uh, quite the opposite of the Ford Expedition when it comes to tech. This has all the tech, and all the tech works well. Um this is their this is BMW's uh electric um answer to the EQS and the um the lucid air. This is their 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 fancy uh luxury vehicle. And I'm just gonna say they they, they sort of hit it out of the park with this thing. It drives so nice for a large vehicle. It's got all the bells and whistles. It's got it the 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 one big problem with this car is that it has this giant thirty-one point three inch like screen that comes down in the back. So the people in the back seat can like watch a movie. It uses like it has a, it's a fire TV or you can plug in HDMI and it comes down and now the driver can't see. <laughs> oh geez. They don't have a rear camera, yeah. rear view camera. They, no, they, they don't have the digital mirror. System. They don't have a digital mirror. I mean, you can see out the side windows, which legally, that's all you really need is the side windows. That's why vans can drive around everywhere. Um,
3: a weird choice. I mean, given that it's not a five dollar car, to be like, we're gonna save a buck by not it's, giving you a digital, right? Well,
0: it's such a like a weird, weird thing to forget to do. <laughs> yeah,
2: and and to be fair, since since they launched it late last year, BMW has said, yeah, we we will be adding a digital camera, a digital mirror system to the car for sometime in twenty twenty
0: three. Yeah. Um, so if you so want this, just
2: should have been there to begin with.
0: But- yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we put all these things. It has this, this lounge seat, which is very comfortable, which I used uh, a lot. I did a video for Engadget for this uh, vehicle. Um, it drives really nice. Um, it, it, you know, I had a um, some of the places where I have to go to like shoot video. There's like big dips, and and like it has you, you could raise it up, so you know I wasn't worried about like messing up the vehicle like everything about this this car that is really well thought out except for that rear <laughs> rear camera <laughs> the rear view camera um and yeah I know I I really liked it a uh, a lot um and so yeah if you're looking it's a it you know and it starts at 119,300. dollars So it's not cheap. It's you know but if you're looking at that you know the that That, uh, that EQS, or you're looking at that Lucid Air, this is definitely something you should also be looking at. Um, especially if you're looking at the EQS, because I think I like the EQS, I liked it more when it was the only, uh, you know, luxury EV, really. I mean, there was that and the Model S, which is luxury adjacent, as far as you know, it's luxury priced, if not necessarily, (laughs) it's luxury priced, yeah, interior. It had its time. They sold a lot of them. It was the only one. Good for them. It you know changed everything. But yeah, it, it it's it's everyone everyone has 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 definitely caught up and, and surpassed it with with everything. Um, and so if you're looking at those, I mean the EQS, there's no that's this the promise the promise of the S class is that you have a really nice rear seat for your passenger. You're going you're going to pick your executive up and the eqs doesn't deliver on that if you're that if that person's a basketball player or just tall it just doesn't that doesn't have the headroom in the back that that it should have that it should have for an s class um the lucid air has it um which is nice and then you have bmw who's like you know we're just going to take our bm our our 7 series and just electrify it which is something they talked about like five ten years ago modular you know uh, factory where they could build any type of powertrain into their vehicle and they did it and they did it in a way that actually is still even with their you know magnet their their rare magnet less um motors which everyone else thinks oh they're not very efficient they they're doing it and they're doing they're, it in a they're way they're
2: actually as as efficient if not more so than yeah pretty much anybody in similar
0: segments exactly they're 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 doing so that everyone else that couldn't said said couldn't be done and you know this vehicle um it has uh, a range of 308 miles according to the epa in my test 333 wow for that big vehicle i did the 70 mile an hour driving you know for 50 miles on the freeway and then driving back through you know uh back roads and then in the suburbs and you know same test i give every vehicle and it and it it, it, <laughs> it surpassed it like by a lot um and so yeah no it's it's a it's it's a fi- it's more efficient than you think it is. It's it's yes it's very big, but it has uh, up, I think three point five degrees of rear steering, which is as nice as the ten degrees of the EQS, but still nice to have that. Um, the interior is really nice. It has this weird like sort of um, crystal line, crystal like line that goes from the driver's side across the dash to the other side, and has you know the ambient light, so it changes colors. You know we've seen that from from uh from mercedes for years so they have this but they have a sort of different way and really the only thing i think that turn people off is the um exterior design which is i called it uh it it, i like it because it looks like batman the animated series (laughs) and then i decided that the car is catwoman's car because it has little cat eyes (laughs) Uh, so if you want catwoman's really fancy
3: (laughs) uh, i was was like looking at I'm like yeah yeah i see both of those things okay yeah
0: yeah, if you really want Catwoman's fancy car, th- this is this is the one to get. Yeah, no, I I I, I cannot say enough nice things except for that rear. <laughs> Not be able. To, uh, my my wife, well, we end up driving. This is the car we drove to the airport to go to Europe, and um, my wife hadn't been in the car yet, and so she, I'm like, oh look, push these buttons, and then this happens. She's like, oh cool, she was doing stuff for for Instagram, and um, and at one point I'm like, okay, can you can you put the the rear like. Can you put the monitor back up, please? <laughs> so I can see what's going on behind me. Which again, legally, all I need is those side mirrors, but I feel better with that other
3: <laughs> I mirror. Mean, it's just you want to be able to look to the side, but I mean I think just glance up and get that view right behind you.
0: It's yeah, yeah. And I just look up and it's just black. I'm like, oh, well, there's the back of a monitor. <laughs> um, well, if, think think of it this way
2: it's more like you know, it you are the chauffeur in this car you are the chauffeur in many cases you know in in a chauffeur driven vehicle there is a partition there anyway you know to give the the passengers some privacy yeah so the the chauffeur is not listening in and you know in true you know the passengers can do in the back can do whatever they like and the chauffeur you know can focus on driving so in in that situation you know the chauffeur in many cases can't see back anyway so
0: it's just like that just like that, and then yeah. people don't want me yammering on while I'm driving around. So, yeah. yeah, if you do want that fancy rear seat and uh theater, it's an additional seven thousand two hundred five hundred dollars. So it is a very nice. No, two hundred fifty dollars. Sorry, seven thousand two hundred fifty dollars. It's 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 not cheap, uh, but it, it's also you know a, a car that's starting price one hundred nineteen thousand three hundred dollars. So well, it's. Yeah, it was a lot of money. So um, the vehicle, the, the version I drove, um, all said and done with all the little party packages and um, was $156,595. So, yeah. I mean, if you're not fancy, if you don't have fancy friends, you can just get it without the rear lounge seat and you can get it without the, you know.
3: Save a few bucks. Yeah,
0: so- save a few bucks. Okay,
2: so you've got lucid air you got mm-hmm. the i7 you got the eqs and you know, the the model s um of of the three you know the the lucid and the, the mercedes you know what would be your choice uh, the bmw
0: oh, man See, that's a tough one because i re i like the way that the lucid drives and i like the sort of the sort of nothing that's going in that the, the, w- the w- minimalism w- Mm-hmm. I
3: like the Lucid. I'm with Robbie. I, the Lucid, there's something, the way it drives and the design of it is just so yeah. clean and just aesthetically just so appealing. And that's a large part of a luxury car, you know? Yeah. You it's, want it to it's, have a certain feeling and man. It's
0: such a close race, though, between those two. It's like on certain days, I would really love the Lucid, but on other days, I'd really love the BMW.
3: <laughs> what you're saying is you need one of each. Cool, cool, cool. So, yeah. Back
0: so what i did to do is is get a ceo position where one you know i have both so each day but I, I i think the lucid sort of just edges i mean the the efficiency that they've just the on the nerd level the efficiency of the lucid is 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 outstanding and the fact that the motors like 100 you know the motor and the driving and everything are like yeah. 156 pounds or something and like you know you could pick it up if you wanted to um yeah, I think that's it's it's so it's really really close, but I think the the Lucid just beats it out, just beats. And it and again, it's it's all down to that that sort of that minimalism that I really like, and that 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 that's just the exterior design. I like it a lot more than I like the BMW, even though. And uh you know, there's a lot more room in the you know you got the front and the
2: back. Yeah, well, I was I was just gonna say you know the the Lucid you know being designed as an EV from the ground up like the uh, the, the Tesla, you know, it its packaging is actually a lot better. Oh yeah, than BMW. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. The, I agree. The, the i7 is a is a lovely car to drive, but you know, for a car that size, it doesn't have a whole lot of trunk space. Yeah, and and there's no storage in the front. You know, because of the fact that it is that that modular, um, that flexible platform that they use. Yeah. So it's it's the same platform that they utilize for the gas and the plug-in hybrid versions of the seven series. And so BMW has opted not to put any sort or have any sort of front storage available, um, which particularly in the in the i7 because it doesn't have a huge um, a huge trunk, um, you know I think would have been would have been better, you know in in the i4 you know the i4 is a hatchback and you know you can fold the back seats down, you know and you actually have quite a bit of cargo space in the back, even with the back yeah. seats up, you know, and the IX, you know, similar, you know, because it's a, a wagonish shape and you mm. you've got, you've got a decent amount of space back there. So, you know, you can make the argument that you don't really need that front storage, but in the seven, you know, I think it's, it's a little harder to make that argument.
0: Yeah. I, I did drive the gas version of the ice of the, of the, the I seven, <laughs> I drove the, uh, the, uh, 760, um, a few weeks ago time doesn't make any sense to me right now uh the 760i x-drive um you know and that's this is the gas version and the it's the electric version of all of you know it's it's like the ford f-150 lightning that's the best f-150 just Mm the hands down it's the same thing with, with bmw is doing like the best version of that vehicle is the electric version the i4, the i7, they, like both of those, they're, they're the best version of that series of BMW. So it's it's, yeah. So if you're looking at the, I mean, if you're like a big BMW person, you're not going to be disappointed at all. If you're like, well, I don't know about EVs. I mean, that's it's yeah. Um, if yeah, if but if you're looking, if you're definitely look at the EQS and the, uh, the Lucid Air, you should definitely drive drive all three. Um, I think you might be in the same boat that I am, where you're just like. Just so, you know, what 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 are the things that you like? That's what's going to push you into buying one or the other.
3: Not like yeah. a bad or a good. It's just like I like chocolate. <clears throat> you like vanilla. You pick the one you like. And this is why
0: we have choices. Yay yes. for choices! And yeah, both of those. I mean, BMW with the with with that with that motor and Lucid with their entire packaging. Like the efficiency from both of these companies is outstanding. That and that's a huge thing that I don't think we talk enough about. In general, when it comes to EVs, is the efficiency of what they're doing as opposed to just throw a motor in, throw the biggest battery we can find, and just hope for the best. Excellent.
2: uh Nicole. Yes. What have you been in?
3: i had several very fancy vehicles. I guess this is fancy vehicle week because we're like, let's Well, at least, to, at least we'll for you two. Yeah. Wait till
2: we get to mine. Oh.
3: <laughs> oh, what are you doing? Here okay, I just looked at the list and I'm like, wait a minute, what's happened? Oh my gosh, how gauche. Um anyway, so I had the first vehicle I had is the Mercedes AMG G63. I hit a G Wagon. G Wagons are cool.
0: G Wagons <laughs> are cool and I still haven't driven one. And every time I tell Mercedes that, they're like, What?
3: Well, this is so so- driven
0: everything and they're like, We're gonna get you a G Wagon and I just I just never follow up. <laughs> <laughs>
3: It was a short term loan. It was a short loan. I worked with somebody else to make sure that I had it for a couple of days because I'd never been in one. I'd been in one for like literally half an hour. So I thought I would actually drive one around. So the funny thing is, if you want to fly under the radar and be really like quiet and subdued and reserved. and The the G-Wagon is
2: the vehicle for you in that case?
3: vehicle for you nobody nobody's waves at you at flash uh, stoplights and gives you thumbs up or like f- you know flailing their hands like nice car that never happens in this car not at all um, especially if you <laughs> especially
2: if you get the amg right
3: yes and it and this was in, and I, I had the color and now i can it was like it's like ocean sea blue metallic it was in this blue this is brilliant beautiful blue guess how much the paint was just the paint
0: oh oh four thousand ten you're not
3: Six thousand five hundred dollars. Yeah, man. And I looked, and I'm like, who would pay that? And I'm like, Nicole, it's a two hundred thousand dollar <laughs> car. They don't care. Yeah, yeah. It, it, worth it. It was, it was absolutely, absolutely gorgeous. So you know, two hundred grand. This is really like rarefied air here. This is expensive stuff, and it has unbelievable power. There's a four liter twin turbo V8. It's got five hundred seventy seven horsepower and six hundred twenty seven pound-feet of torque, so it kind of moves. You know, it has a little bit of oomph. Oh, I found it. South Sea Blue Metallic is the official color of the $6,500 paint. Oh. Ooh, very fancy. So it has all the power in the world. I mean, you mash on that gas pedal and that thing is going to go. Uh, the only thing, here's, you had your one dislike, Robbie, Mai, of your vehicle. What I don't like, it is loud on the highway, like a highway driving. If you're driving around town, I don't mean the, the delicious sound of the engine and the exhaust, which are fabulous and they can make All the noise they want in a car like this. It's it's a toaster, it's shaped like a box.
0: Yeah, it's just a box. You get a little wind
3: noise. Wind noise is insane, which to me is a very not luxury car thing. Like part of what makes a luxury car a luxury car. There's a lot of pieces. One of those pieces is it should feel like you're sort of ensconced in a little cocoon, and the hoi polo are kept outside of the car. And you're not being this. This made it feel like you weren't so much in a cocoon. That was my literally that.
0: It it's louder my, than the Defender.
3: It's louder than the Defender by far.
0: Okay, there you go. Because I think that's its like closest. Like, I would
3: say I, I don't remember the Defender. I don't. I remember, don't
0: either. I remember the Defender just being like nice. Yeah,
3: I, I don't remember thinking, man, this is noisy at highway seas. With this one, I was like, oh wow, this. And like the couple of times that I took it on a little bit longer of a highway, I'm like, nope, this is this. There's a lot of wind noise in this, mm. um, but. Okay. I feel like you have a $200,000 Mercedes. This might be one of your cars. Pick a different one. Pick the Lucid when you go for a drive on the highway. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's it's this beautiful car. It's the interior. Good gravy. This had the G man manufacturer. Is it still manufacturer if they spell it like German? It's not. It's F-A-K-T-U-R. packet.
0: Manufacture
3: and factor package. So it gets like this Napa leather dash and there's diamond stitching and the leather on the seats. And there's like a little metal AMG badge and AMG floor mats and everything's heated and cooled and massaged. And oh my gosh, the thing is just loaded. I mean, it is, if you want a great big SUV that, but I feel like you're not buying this, like Robbie, you had an Expedition that was big and it's like useful, right?
0: Yeah, like it's if, a big utility is what the Expedition is. you are
3: getting that because- you have a big family or lots of people. You have lots of cargo. You want to tow things like you're doing stuff that requires you to have that much room for people in cargo. That's not at all why you want oh. this. Like,
2: <laughs> like, this. is just to be a show off.
3: This is to be a show off. And I don't even mean that as a criticism of people that buy it. Like you just buy this because you want to be like, look what I can buy. I like it. I want it. I bought it. And you just, you just buy it because you can, because it makes you feel good. And it says something that is the that is the impression you want to give to everybody that sees you on the road. You want everyone to know, and I don't think that that's a bad thing. It's just- you
0: could you could do the Rubicon Trail, but you're never going to. Exactly. Like it's so it's so incredibly capable, but you're ne- you're never going to get this thing dirty if you can help it.
3: You could go on the <laughs> but- Rubicon Trail if you wanted, but I like if anybody's ever out there and finds a G wagon, like a, take model, a picture, take, take a picture because I'm be like wow. Go, you're the one. You are the one person who actually decided to use the capability this vehicle has. I, I
2: would I would guess though, so, on the particularly on the AMG, um, that it's probably not gonna have the kind of tires that you would need on the Rubicon Trail.
3: Um, okay, I'm looking at the world's smallest Monroni and I can't remember what tire size I had, Sam, to be honest. Um, probably not. I would not imagine that it came with burly off-road. Um,
2: t- I, I, I suspect- <laughs> Well, I mean, it looks like it. They've at least got some sidewall. I'm I'm looking at the yeah. Mercedes
0: site now, so there you go. probably, it's got you know, some sidewall. It's not. Yeah. Someone's yeah. gonna take that in, and they're gonna change. it. They're gonna buy new wheels, it, and they're gonna. It would like, at least
2: survive an Ypsilanti pothole, probably.
0: Yeah,
3: survive yeah. an Ypsilanti pothole, but I. But you, if you took it off road, you would scratch the South Sea Blue Metallic.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: Scratch
3: the South yeah. Sea Blue Metallic. But you're
0: just you're just a millionaire with a toy. That's that's Nobody, the g Wagon. Yeah, that's was, the G Wagon with the Rubicon Trail.
3: It's a millionaire with a toy. And you know what? For all you millionaires who want a toy, this is like, if you have money to burn, do it this way, set it on fire, buy a Mercedes. Like this is a fantastic way to do it. I really, mean, like the only thing on I, I, this is always a, a, a thing I find silly. There's a lot going on on the dashboard on this Mercedes. Like there's a lot. There's, you know, the, between the sort of all the leather and the trim and the, the make it pretty and then the tech and everything. And there's a fancy grab handle that again says, G-Man factor. It's like, Grr. but there's down all the way down, as far low as you can go on the center stack, right above like the center console area. There is like, if you took your thumb and your forefinger together, a analog clock that's the company has just escaped me. And it's a super expensive, fancy pants, outrageous clock company makes timepieces. And it is the silliest thing to have this little clock shoved all the way down on the bottom. First of all, you can't read it when you're driving because it's so low. You're kind of like, you'd have to sort of lean back and be like, uh, it's of like you can't see it. The angle is so low. Also, I feel like you have a clock on your infotainment screen. You have a clock on your, on the, the instrument cluster. Why are we shoving this little analog clock on the bottom? I feel like. Because it's Because like,
2: you can.
3: I, think because. It, I know you can. I want to spend, let's say it's a $10,000 clock. I want to make it 10 grand. I want to spend my 10 grand on something else. I want to get a fancy, fancier leather. I want to get wood on the dash from my estate in Normandy. Something. It would not be on the useless little analog clock. Shoved at the bottom of the dashboard. That's, uh, that was my, I guess that's my second bone to pick with it. It's a little loud and the clock is silly.
0: It's okay. there though. That's all that matters. You know, yeah. you know, it's there.
3: You know, it's there. You know, it's there. You will never be able to read it. Robbie, especially with your height, for you to get the right angle to be able to see that, you have to be like, move my seat back, me. <laughs> <laughs> is it easy to set? I didn't even try and set. Almost it. certainly
2: not. It, so it's, the a, easiest- it's a German vehicle. You cannot possibly
0: have an easy to set analog clock
3: yeah, in a very expensive
0: it. German vehicle.
2: That's yeah, why that's you true. have a
3: butler, Robbie. Your butler's. I, a
0: love, clock. I love my B or Z. There's the little like LED clock or mm-hmm. LCD clock, and it just has there's, there's the clock, and then right next to it there's an H. A button with an H and a button with an M. That's it. That's all of this. And so whenever time changes, <laughs> hit the, way the H. It should be. Or I need to change the M because you know it's just sort of a drift because it's not connected to the atomic clock in the sky, and that's it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> see, that's what I want. This I didn't even see a button, so it's probably I don't know. It's you you
2: probably you probably actually have to have your butler take your G wagon into the Mercedes Benz dealership <inaudible> and have have a German technician flown in from Stuttgart. Yeah. <laughs> um, to 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 actually set the clock for you. you yeah, there's be-
0: there there there's three people on that team.
1: <laughs> <It> Only <sounds laughs> just fly you,
3: around
0: the world to set and, clocks, and, and all they ones. do is and and when they're in first class flying around the world, they're actually fixing other clocks, <laughs> like other watches, like that's
3: <laughs> on, their, on the on little tray making the watch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: the little tray with the little cloth. Yeah, the little eye, the little glasses with the super
3: little monocle like, thing with yeah. a magnifying glass in it. Yeah. There you go. If that's not your job, go find Mercedes somebody. There's a job for you.
1: (laughs) When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price.
2: Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Did you know you can support Wheelbearings directly? Head to patreon.com slash wheelbearingsmedia and you can become a patron today. Your contributions will help fund the platforms and tools we use to bring the podcast to you. And exclusives and improvements are already on the way thanks to your generosity so if you want to be part of an automotive podcast like no other head to patreon.com/wheelbearingsmedia
3: so that uh, was my one super expensive car and then i go to the cheap one i can't believe it which was the gv70 which is still a 65000 dollar car still not cheap it's still expensive it's still a luxury car um not as cheap as what sam is going to be talking about later but <laughs> Um, So the Genesis Electrified GV70, in in all ways, it's the GV70, just shove the electric powertrain in there. So it ends up with uh, their standard all-wheel drive, two electric motors. you got a 77.4 kilowatt-hour battery, 429 horsepower, 516 pound-feet, and you will go 236 miles before your battery goes kaput. So a decent amount of range. I feel like that's good. I feel like that's going to get everybody through the day, right? Shouldn't that be enough for most people?
0: Yeah, that's more than yeah. enough for most people. I feel like when honest. it gets
3: over 200 people should stop panicking, but I feel like they don't really stop panicking until they hit 250. I yeah, like I think there's there's
0: there's sort of a, a
2: mental block. But right? yeah. we, do, we do have a listener question later. Maybe you, you want to address the listener question right now?
3: Yeah, we can, you want to, want to pop that in the middle? Go ahead, sure. you read it.
2: All right, so Andy C. dropped a question to us in Discord. Um, says, "Hey Sam, and the gang, I'm looking for a replacement for my uh, my end of lease uh, Audi e-tron. Uh, a two row uh, EV luxury crossover hatchback vehicle is what I'm looking at. Uh, my wife has the Ionic Five. Do you have any input of a replacement that is below ninety thousand dollars pre federal rebate? Well, you'd have to get below eighty to even be eligible for a rebate, but okay. Let's say, you know, below 90 grand um, with at least 250 miles of range would love a dual motor Rivian R1 S, but who knows when that'll be available? Well, actually they may be available sooner than you think supposedly sometime in June, they're going to start shipping two motor Rivians. Um, But Mm. uh, he says, I'm looking at the Genesis GV 70 electric. Have any of you driven one? (laughs) Well, Andy, as a matter of fact, Nicole has. <laughs> uh, the the range seems very so-so at the 230s. Uh, the BMW iX has great range, but that face is just <laughs> gag-inducing. Uh, I have a Fisker Ocean down payment and a QA eTron on order, so any input would be helpful.
3: Well, having just spent some time in the DVCity, I like it. I think it's really good if you look. It, I, and I don't I know they're only available like in select state. It's very limited availability on this. It's unsurprising. It's, it's
2: expanding. They, Genesis has been uh, gradually expanding the number of states where they're selling their EVs uh, over the past eight, nine months.
3: So it's getting there. So yeah. um, so, you you know, you can get your hands on one. It sounds like you're you know, it's not like you need one tomorrow. But yeah, if you want it, go get it soon. Um I like this. I think if you looked at, if you like the Genesis in general, like if you like the Genesis brand, if you've looked at any other Genesis vehicles, it feels very much like that. Like you don't know that it's different except that it's an EV In all other ways. It's like every other Genesis, very luxurious. You get a lot of features, a lot of luxury for the price. Um, you know, this one I hadn't, unfortunately I have a Monroney, so I can't even tell you what, you know, destination is, but it starts at 65, 850, depending on how much you add on, you know, you add on bits and pieces, you can make it fancier, you can make it, you know, more luxurious if you want to do that. Um, but you get like, you know, it, it has all the kind of things that you want it to be a luxury car without being the outrageous price. And I know you talked about range 236 miles. That is really just a skosh under your 250 limit there. That's 14 miles, right? So I know it'd be nice to have the 250. I would not hesitate to get this though, because I think here's the thing for the most of the time when you're not driving that, right? I know you're not driving 236 miles every day, so it's not a big deal. You have more than enough range on the times when you do drive more 14 miles of range. You know, if two fifty is sort of your mental break is not going to make a break your day. You know, if it was something I wanted to, it's,
0: it's the Hyundai group. So it's going to be more.
3: Yeah, it's going it's, to be
0: like 241,
3: right? Exactly. And it and it can do DC fast charging. So in you can go from 10 to 80% in 18 minutes. So if you are doing a road trip, you can charge it up pretty darn quick. So you're not going to be sitting around. So I wouldn't let the fact that it's in the 236, like Robbie said, probably a little more than that is what you can average. I feel like it is still worth it. And there are things I really, I, I really do like this interior. I like the nice large 14.5 inch touchscreen. It has that EV just, you know, it goes when you push on the pedal. I love, and this is a small thing, the charging ports in the front. It's not on a rear quarter panel or anything or front quarter panel. It's on the front, which does make it easier when you are driving to places where you have to wedge yourself into some of those wonkety charging spots that are not really, no one thought about cars all having ports in different spots. You can just pull straight in and it doesn't matter whether it's on the left or the right. You can still get your car plugged in. Um, and I just, I think it drives beautifully. It has everything that makes it feel luxury car, but it has a more affordable price point. Like I think you said, you wanted it under 90. You're going to get this under 90, you know, and you're going to get it low enough you. I don't know, is Hyundai, are all the Hun- Genesis's still eligible for their tax rebates?
2: Uh, actually, the, the GV70 EV is the only one uh, because that's the only one that's built in North America.
1: Oh, okay. Built
2: in Alabama. The others are all built in Korea. Now, you if you lease, um, you may be able to get the the tax credit, um, depending on, on where you lease it from. But you you may be able to get it uh, with, if you do a lease. But if you want to buy, um, then the GV70 would be the only one.
3: And you mentioned in your question, you mentioned the Rivian, the Rivian R1S, which I drove like two weeks earlier or something. Also great, but way way bigger. That is not mm-hmm. a that's not... It's a like, lot. It's huge. And you were saying, like I can't say, you said like smaller, like whatever it is, a crossover hatchback it is not crossover hatchback. I yeah. think big. So if you... I mean, well, if you I mean he's, get-
2: he's replacing an e-tron, you know, an yeah. original e-tron. Um, and yeah, the Rivian's a bit bigger than the e-tron. Um, the other one that I think might actually be the best fit for him, uh, you know, if he's looking to replace the e-tron is actually the mercedes eqe suv which i think you've driven robbie i think you may be the only one of us that's driven it um that one has a starting price of around 79 um and it has a range uh, that should be around 270 miles i think
0: it's really nice it's uh, the mercedes yeah I think the SUVs in the Mercedes lineup are a little bit better than the sedans, um, which is not something that you expect me to say. And it, a lot, a lot of it has to do with the design and the way the rear seats are with uh, tall people. That's it's really comes down to. It. I think the EQE is better than EQS, and, and when you're talking about the sedans, but the EQS SUV and the EQE SUV are both sort of like deliver that like rear seat um, experience that you want from a Mercedes. Oh. Alrighty, righty.
2: Yeah. And I, right now I can't think of any other luxury two row electric utilities that would fit those criteria. And they and have the ionic five. So the
0: bar is really high for them. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. Like the, yeah. The, the original Etron tron was fine for what it was, but then you had the ionic five comes into your house. you are like, okay, well, all right.
2: <laughs> well, and, and, there, you know, there's also, you know, the Q8 Etron. You know, which is you know essentially a mid, a renamed and mid-cycle update of the original e-tron, which will have a little more battery capacity, more range, uh, a little bit faster charging. You know, so if you if you like the e-tron, you know that Q8 e-tron should be. They just did some a a media drive with it, like in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, So it should be showing up in dealers uh, fairly soon, I think. So that may be another one to consider as well.
0: I'm trying to get that vehicle in um, right now. So hopefully I can get in. It was the next week or two. So fingers crossed. Hopefully it's still up here because they did the drive up near my house. Um, but I was, I was in Amsterdam during the time. So.
2: righty. Um, well, as, as was previously mentioned, well did, well, did you have anything else on the GV 70 Nicole? No,
3: that kind of covers it. Yeah. Okay. I'm good. Thank you.
2: Yeah. <laughs> as, as previously alluded to, I had uh, something that was slightly less luxurious. Um, than, uh, than any of the stuff that either of you drove over the last couple of weeks. Um, and uh, this is because, uh, as I said, uh, my wife and I were on vacation in Hawaii. And, um, you know, a lot of times, you know, when I'm traveling, um, if, you know, if there's um, a press fleet in the area where I'm traveling, you know, I'll usually reach out and see if there's something available that I might not have access to locally here in Michigan. Um, and, you know, try and get a little time with that on the big island in hawaii um no press fleet there um so uh i uh i you know went to uh hertz and rented a car and um got the um 2023 chevrolet equinox lt front wheel drive yeah um the rental car special yep it certainly is um (laughs) <laughs> uh, I I do believe that this is the first <clears throat> time that I've ever gotten into a car um, that actually had a screen protector on the the, the infotainment touchscreen,
0: which what? You know, is not, not at all surprising. Like it was you know, for new? a rental car, like it was new, like the car was so new they hadn't taken the screen protector off, like no, that no, little this, thing. This, this so they one... put it on there because people are like people are using their sandy, salty hands and yes. destroying the. <laughs> okay.
2: Yes, this this was one that you know was clearly not from the factory. I mean, I've seen you know the you know whenever you buy a phone or something or a tablet, whatever, you know, there's always a little thing that you peel off the screen. This was not that this was an actual screen protector. Cause it wasn't quite, and it was clearly not, I don't think was intended, um, you know, for specifically for this vehicle or his purpose, you know, cause it was slightly smaller than the screen itself. Uh, but, you know, covered most of the screen, but, you know, when you've got people, you know, rental customers getting in and out, you know, you want to, you know have some protection for stuff like that so that was fine um you know the lt is not uh, the the base bottom of the line version of the equinox that's the ls um so that's that's the base base trim uh so the lt is one step up um it's a small step but it's a step up <laughs> Maybe step <laughs> yeah you know, and you know the equinox is you know gm you know chevrolet's um you know Compact crossover in the same segment with the Toyota Rav4 and the Honda CRV and the Ford Escape and you know count you know about sixty three other uh, different models that are available in the U.S. market um, and you know it's it's adequate it's it's re- it's the current one is nearing the end of its model life cycle you know it'll probably uh, be replaced well there is an Equinox EV coming to market uh, this fall um Mm -hmm. that you know will be you know actually very slightly larger than this one believe it or not um and you know it's unclear how long the gas equinox will stay in the lineup you know they'll probably keep building this you know for at least another two or three years um it's not a terrible vehicle you know it's it's actually (laughs) you know if you're looking for
0: (laughs) you know what it's not terrible no it's (laughs) There's other cars that are better, but it's not terrible. Yeah. Like if it showed up at your house, you wouldn't light it on fire. <laughs> um, you know, would, would it be, you
2: know, out of this segment, would it be my first choice? Probably not. Um, but, you know, this one, you know, this LT, as I said, you know, was fairly basic. It's got a seven inch infotainment screen. Um, it, it does have uh, support for wireless Android Auto and Apple CarPlay um and you know even the base infotainment system works reasonably well it's got USB A and USB C ports in the front um it's you know it's got cup holders that will actually hold stuff you know and hold them hold them fairly securely um it's got actually a, a lot of cargo space in the back it's got almost 30 cubic feet just shy of 30 cubic feet behind the rear seats um you know so for for us You know, we were, you know, going to the beach every day, you know, the condo that we we had rented, um, you know, had, you know, some beach chairs and boogie boards and snorkeling gear. And so I just took all that stuff down, put it in the back, and there was plenty of room back there, you know, to put all this stuff in there and, you know, take it to the beach and and haul it around. Um, So, you know, it's got, you know, it's a good utility vehicle. Uh, you know, said plenty of space, for, you know, both for cargo in the back as well as passengers in the second row. And the uh, the Equinox uh, has a sliding second row seat that can move forward and back. I think it's about eight inches. Um, so you know, if you need to carry a couple of Robbies in the back with you, um, <laughs> you know, you can slide that back and still have lots and lots of cargo space. You know, or if you you know if you're if you've got a couple of kids uh, and you know, you've you've got especially if you've got a couple of young kids, you know, that are in car seats, maybe a maybe even a toddler or an infant, um, and you need to pack in, uh, you know. A- portable playpen and crib and all kinds of you know all the all the gear that parents are familiar with that you know you whenever you want to go somewhere and it's like it's a it becomes a major production there's enough space in the back of the equinox to to carry all that stuff which is which is actually really nice that's Um, what you want yeah no you want it's it's, you just want to carry your crap everywhere yeah it's it's a very good utility vehicle um, you know it's it's a nice design I don't I like the design of the the current generation equinox you know? Um, you know it's not groundbreaking but I think it, it's a very pleasant looking vehicle um, the uh, you know said the, the interior materials um, are not they don't feel luxurious you know but, they they do feel durable. They feel like they will hold up for you know a couple of hundred thousand miles without you know without showing off too many blemishes.
1: That matters when
3: you have kids because oh absolutely, Jesus out of things. <laughs> yeah,
2: um, you know the the LT that we had you know had cloth seats. So you may want to consider um, you know maybe upgrading to uh, you know some of the uh, available um, you know artificial leather seats, you know, that might be easier to clean. Um, but, you know, aside from that, you know, it's not bad. The probably the single biggest complaint I actually had about this thing, um, you know, the it comes with a fairly basic driver assist suite that does not include blind spot monitoring. Um, it does have forward, you know, monovision, a single camera forward collision alert system. Um, there's no no adaptive cruise control, no radar adaptive cruise control. So, you know, compared to, say, a RAV4, uh, which comes standard uh, with, with some of that stuff, you know, this, this was one of the complaints I had, you know, several years back when GM launched this generation of the Equinox and, and some of their other vehicles is that they were kind of cheaping out on a lot of the driver assist features that other companies were starting to include as standard equipment. You can get adaptive cruise control on here. But it's you have to step up to a higher trim level, uh, and it adds quite a bit of cost. Um, so there's a, a, a camera-based forward collision alert system that is um, – uh, cameras are, are not great for you – know, especially a single camera is not the greatest thing in the world for measuring distance. Um, and so, <laughs> close your, you know, close one of your eyes and walk around your house for them. <laughs> yeah. And, and so, um, it was frequently going off, you know, giving me alerts, even when I had lots and lots of room, um, you know, so it was a, it was a little bit annoying. And I, 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 I kept forgetting to go into the menus, you know, after I parked it to, uh, find where to turn that off. Uh, cause I think there is somewhere where you can turn it off. Uh, but it, that was probably the single biggest annoyance of this thing. The engine it's a it's a 1.5 liter four cylinder turbo um, with uh, I think it's about 175 horsepower, um, which is is adequate. You know it's you know this, this is this is not you know not a sports car, uh, but you know it'll do it'll get you around. 203 foot pounds of torque, um, and uh, fuel economy again it's okay it's not great. Um, you know especially if you compare it to some of the hybrid. Vehicles that are available in this class now, you know, from Toyota, Honda, um, Hyundai, Kia, um, Ford, you know, they all offer hybrids in this segment. Um, GM does not offer a hybrid. So the front wheel drive that we had is rated at 26 city, 31 highway. I was getting an indicated uh, about 27 and a half combined uh, driving around the big island, including, you know, some driving up mountains and down mountains and, and stuff. Uh, or more like, more accurately, driving up volcanoes and down volcanoes, um, uh, but uh, you know it. It's it again. It's adequate. Um, you know, it's not it's not exceptional fuel economy, but it's not terrible. Uh, it's certainly better than that expedition. So you know, if you're looking for you know some basic transportation that is bigger than say something like the Chevy Tracks or hyundai venue or nissan kicks um you know this is this is not a bad place to look and you know if you're if you're looking for a rental vehicle this is not a not a bad choice um you know you just bring you know bring your usb cable plug in your phone uh, you'll have your um or, or actually you don't, you don't even have to plug in your phone you know you can uh, you can pair your phone and then just use it wirelessly um you know and have your have your navigation and everything work worked really well um, the, uh, the, you know, obviously there was no Monroni with a rental car, um, but um, I, I built out basically the same one. Uh, it comes to uh, an MSRP of $29,095 uh, for the front wheel drive LT. Uh, you want to guess at the freight charge, the destination ooh, charge? Ooh, <sighs> $1,200. you are going 995 Thirteen ninety five, Robbie gets <sighs> it. Um, and there is currently uh, on the Equinox uh, fifteen hundred dollars rebate available, which is something Ooh. we haven't seen much of for the last couple of years. There you go. Um, so net price, as shown on uh, the Chevrolet website, on the building price twenty seven thousand five hundred ninety five. So not a, not a bad vehicle. I mean, you know, it's it's not going to excite you, but you know, <laughs> it's for for basic transportation. Um, you know, it it'll get the job done.
3: Yeah. I mean, it's kind of neat to actually for you to review what's a rental car because most people are like, we often are getting the highest trims or the nicest ones with all the bells Mm -hmm. and whistles. There's not everybody is buying that because you need that's a lot to the price to move up the trim lineup and get all this stuff. I don't
0: buy that. (laughs) I buy the, I buy, like, what's the one I can afford? Okay. It's like like one up from bottom. Yeah. (laughs)
3: So you're buying the one that's like is gonna get the job done. That's kind of what a rental car does, and this does it, it gets the job done.
0: It, it does gets the job
2: done. Yeah, it got got us done. around the island, you know, got us to all the beaches we wanted to go to, and you know, everywhere we needed to go. And,
3: and did you so get some like Hawaiian shaved ice while you were out and about? I
2: did get some shave ice, uh some shave ice with some some coconut and passion fruit. Oh, um nice and uh it ate, ate lots of fresh fish, lots of poke. Okay. Um, and it, as it turns out, the, uh, the Airbnb we were staying at, um, are right across the street, there was this little sort of open air marketplace, uh, called Lee Gardens, uh, marketplace. And, you know, a bunch of vendors in there, including a Shaka Tacos trailer. Uh, and-
3: Lots of tacos is what you're saying.
2: Oh, they, they make the most amazing <laughs> fish burritos, Ooh. um, uh-huh. uh, with, with ono, grilled ono in there. Oh, so good. I, I don't have- eat
0: fish for like a month before I go to Hawaii. That's the rule. <laughs> I'm like I'm just I'm waiting, holding it. I'm waiting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And yeah, that we-
3: fruit. I go and I eat all the fruit in the entire island. I'm like all the mangoes. Just put them here on the table. <sighs> I'll be eating those for the next week. Yeah.
2: But- we we ate so many papayas. Uh, you know, papayas for you know every morning with breakfast. It was great. Uh, so high, highly recommend. You know, if you if you're looking for, you know, a, uh, a place with great beaches, you know, um, just fantastic weather. Um, if you can swing it, Hawaii is just amazing. Yeah. And this was the first time that we'd been to the big Island. Uh,
0: uh we love the big Island.
2: Yeah. I mean, we, my wife and I had been to Kauai three times before over the last 30 years, uh, including when we got married. Um, and, um, this was our first time to the Big Island, and uh, it was it was lovely.
0: We I'm going snorkeling
2: record. with manta rays, and
0: oh yeah, we did. That, that was great.
2: And uh, we were sitting on uh, Ho'okane Beach, Hualakena uh, Beach, um, the other day, and um, about 200 yards out, we saw a pod of dolphins mm-hmm. hopping out of the water and swimming by. It was
0: fabulous. Cool. Mind it's mind. all the things, yeah all the things that you expect from hawaii like hawaii's like yeah yeah we can deliver that <laughs>
3: yeah pretty views come on wait
0: i i actually have one more car that i completely forgot about oh, what was that it was a 2023 uh mercedes-benz glc this is the new version of the glc i had it for a week it was instead of doing a press drive they just dropped it off at my house oh um nice. and so i had it for a week uh, mercedes says this is the number one selling vehicle in the, in the united states for them uh oh, it's their mis- mid-size uh, suv that. um and it makes sense because it's yeah it it's not it's it's just like a nice yeah you know, I want a Mercedes, but I'm not you know a billionaire. Um, it so it's basically
2: at, like the the Mercedes equivalent of an Equinox.
0: Yeah, it's like it's the about Mercedes the same size. Equinox. It is. It's about the same size, except it's um. I'm just gonna say it's way nicer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know the the uh, this one has a two liter uh, inline uh, four. Four-cylinder with turbo engine. Um, it's a mild hybrid, so you don't have to worry about like you know when it does the auto off. It like boom and then like cause it it just kind of goes until the the motor catches up. 255 horsepower, 295 pound-feet of torque. Um, I drove it around for a week. I, I use it for another show for my band. <laughs> 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 um yeah there's plenty it, of room in the and back you pull, you pull up in that thing and the, and the people say how much are we paying these guys <laughs> i know i know well they weren't paying us very much for the show but it was fine it was it's a friend it was a friend discount for the show um yeah it's you know it has uh, mbux in there it has all the things you want from mercedes um it has the zero layer and mbux which i really like which is just like here's the map and then like a few little widgets for things that you use and that's it and I feel like like why, why just do that? Everyone just do that because that's all everyone cares about is the map, and the few little widgets like oh I'm listening to music. This is where I can push forward and back on the music. Um, that's that's really it. Um, yeah, no, it's this. I I really like this vehicle. It's you know the latest version of of of, of it. It's a refresh and uh yeah the week i had it uh forty seven thousand um the one i had uh with all the the uh, extra bits um including the driver's assistance package uh was sixty one thousand two hundred fifty dollars um it did they, they don't the monronia i have didn't have a uh doesn't have a destination delivery fee on it so uh, who knows uh there uh the, the the gas is uh 28 combined 25 city 32 highway that's pretty much in line with what i got so you're getting about 30 miles per gallon in this thing and i drove it up and down um in the bay area a bunch of times to do a lot of things um, i had to do a show that was 45 minutes away and then after i set up i had to come home and feed my dogs and then drive back home and it was it, yeah it's it's a it's a it's a nice sort of entry level mercedes benz for someone who needs an suv but doesn't need you know doesn't need like an s-class it's it's just very it's yeah it's it's a nice little car it's a nice little luxury vehicle you're getting all that little that that fun mercedes bits um without uh emptying your, your bank account
3: you won't be broke afterwards
0: yeah you won't be <laughs> broke it's the mercedes for people who who want a mercedes but don't want to be broke yes. so yeah no the GLC, i i i really liked it um it's yeah the new the new version is nice and, and again I can't see enough nice things about MBUX. It's still, I mean, I understand people can't, it doesn't work for everyone, the voice recognition, but it works fine for me. I don't know why. I'm cool. just a lucky guy. Who knows?
3: You're the one that was somebody, it was no, it was a friend who, had, who Lexus doesn't listen to him. He's like, he could be screaming. That was little. me. Is that you? That was you? Yeah.
2: That, that was only in the RX, though. That's right. Yes. It was you.
3: I couldn't remember it too.
2: everything else, it works fine, but the RX refused to recognize me. Oh. Uh, some. Yeah, <laughs> but I've, I've i've got i've got i've got a, an RX coming in about a month, um, scheduled in about a month, and so I will try it again and see if it actually works now.
3: Maybe it's forgiven you. Maybe it's come to terms with your voice. <laughs> Maybe. I
2: mean, Toyotas work fine. Other other Lexi, you know, the NX uh, worked fine uh, with the same system in there. So I don't know what was going on with the RX. Um, all right. Um, so the the reason why um, the you know, I was in, or what triggered the trip to Hawaii in the first place uh, was Toyota. Uh, Toyota invited us um, there to drive the new Grand Highlander um, and also to unveil the new Tacoma. Um, so, since Nicole and I were there, we drove together, and amazingly enough, this was actually the first time that we actually drove together on a program. It was and so we spent the day driving around the. Oh, you guys afternoon.
0: drove together? Nice. Yeah, it's super
2: uh, fun. And and then we we sat down and recorded um, our our impressions of the Grand Highlander, um, sitting on the balcony of of uh, my ho- or the hotel room that uh, my wife and I had, um, yeah. and and down below us there was uh, a, a hall, you know, event center, and there was something going on there. And during the course of our conversation, the cacophony from this hall got progressively louder and louder and louder. Fortunately, you don't very little of it actually got picked up on on uh, it was my so recorder
3: I mean, like we sat out there it was like quiet just a little breeze yeah. it was like then Some really birds. loud birds, you hear the so birds chirping remember, Then it got the birds got loud because apparently there's a bird nest up there then yeah. a whole party I'm like come on people give <laughs> us like 15 minutes here
2: <laughs> um but I've got that recording I'm gonna drop that in here uh Nicole yes. We are here in Hawaii yeah. um, on the Kona Coast, uh-huh. on the Big Island, and uh, we drove the Toyota Grand Highlander. We did. And what would you say, let's, let's, get, let's jump right to the, right to the, the end. Okay. What, what would you say was the, the highlight of the drive?
3: I, I got coffee.
2: There you go. It's all done. <laughs> Nicole got coffee.
3: No. She got a we, lot of coffee. I did. I bought a lot of coffee. I'll I have bags and bags. of it. No, what did I think the highlight of the drive was? Um, what I think, that it, it, was it one thing? I think the the, the Hybrid Max, that engine, proved mm. to be the highlight of the experience for me. I really liked that one. That was my favorite part.
2: Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I would agree that, um, you know, that was certainly the best powertrain of the yes. three. Yes. So, stepping back a little bit, you know, just to review what this vehicle is. Yes. This is Toyota's new upper midsize three-row crossover SUV. A little bit bigger than the um, regular Highlander, the, Mm -hmm. the Highlander that we've had for... Current generation for what three years now? I think. I think about three years. Yeah. Um, it's it's actually not much longer. Like it has a pretty similar footprint, but it's quite a bit taller. Yep. Um, and it has a totally different look to it.
3: It actually, I think, it looks much better. I don't dislike the regular Highlander; it's fine, but I just think this one sort of has a bit more. I don't know, a bit more presence. It looks a little more Mm -hmm. modern. It's it's more squared off without being boxy and awful but it just has it looks bolder yeah it looks bigger it looks like it's a lot bigger than it really is compared to it i think just because of the styling you think there's a bigger increase in size than there actually is between the two
2: yeah the the proportions uh make quite a substantial difference to mm-hmm. the to the way it looks um you know and yeah you know, i think i've said before the uh, you know the design of this one is it, it seems to draw a lot of DNA from the Rav Four. Yes. Um, especially in the front, you know. So it's got a more SUV-ish kind of look, whereas the 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 regular Highlander. The I know Highlander what do you Highlander, call it? The, the 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 ungrand Highlander. The un-grand. <laughs> You know, has a in its current generation has a much more rounded look. Yeah. <coughs> which is quite a bit different. You know, the previous generation Highlander. Was actually a lot closer to the, what this Grand Highlander is in yeah, a lot of ways.
3: Yeah, I would say so. And I, it's sort of like they made the—I'm going to call it the unGrand now—the unGrand <laughs> Highlander. Uh, just kind of—it it, looks—it's as if they were trying to make it look more crossover-ish, mm-hmm. with sort of that the smaller, sort of rounder dimensions, and try to make it look a little bit more cute, and not so in your face, with the Grand Highlander. A little sportier looking. Yeah, sportier. Was... Yeah, sportier. And so with the Grand Highlander, they know like, we're going to go the other way. We're going to make this look like it's a little bit bigger, a little bit more capable in terms of the its ability to carry people and carry cargo you feel like okay this this could this could take your family on a road trip it's big enough to handle whatever it is you got to shove in that car and all the people with no problem
2: yeah i mean the way the way toyota describes it you know i think is that the 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 ungrand highlander uh you know has three rows but you know that third row is really more for occasional use yeah and for those people that want um, something where they can actually really use that third row on a regular basis even for adults Um, that's where the grand highlander comes in plus it's also got uh, more cargo room behind that third row Mm -hmm. Um, you know one of one of the images that they showed during the presentation was actually having seven suitcases you know standard size carry-on bags stacked behind the third row um, which is, is pretty impressive you know for one of these, uh, one of, you know, this type of vehicle.
3: And that's a lot because you figure if you've got a vehicle that can ha- handle up to eight passengers, even if you've got a small bag for each of you, that's still a lot of luggage. Mm-hmm. So you can manage to have, you know, enough for everybody to go along without having to worry about, like, well, now we're going to have to put luggage at people's feet to get to the airport kind of thing. Yeah, you know?
2: or, or, you know, get a roof rack or something like that. You know, Or tow, because
3: it. it does tow. I was just yeah. looking at it. It's, it's, I think it's about 3,500 pounds with a hybrid and I believe 5,000 with the hybrid Max and yeah. the gas engine, so you can hook up a trailer if you got mm-hmm. a ton of people and you still need more room. Yeah,
2: I mean it's not, you know it's not uh, it's not going to tow your big camper trailer, right. but uh, you know certainly some most to- smaller trailers. You know, or if you're towing you know a modest sized boat uh, yeah. out to the lake or something like that, you know, a lot of those weigh around four thousand pounds or so, so you can certainly handle something like that. Yeah, without any difficulty. But
3: and it was for me because we actually played around with the seating and mm-hmm. you have the seats adjusted for you, your 5'11", right? Yeah. Is that, so you were sitting up front and then I was sitting behind you, behind that, and adjusted the second row for me at 5'6", and then you climbed in the back. So it was like 5'11", 5'6", 5'11", and you could still fit back there and it wasn't mm-hmm. like horrifically cramped. So it is roomy.
2: Yeah. You know, the, the, the floor level in that third row is a little bit higher than it is in the in the first two rows. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's a little more of a knee up kind of seating position, but not... Not cra- not like for example, um, in previous generations of the GM full-size SUVs like the Tahoe and Suburban, where they had a solid axle that was moving around, um, you know, And those you kind of felt like you're sitting on the floor with your butt on the floor <laughs> and your knees up and you know, yes. up in your chest. You know, it, yeah. It it was definitely more comfortable, you know. And I had. Uh, and you know, and as we've talked about before, you know everybody's got different proportions of their right. body. You know, I'm a little longer in the torso, um, so but I still had clearance for my head uh, from the, from the headliner, um, and I had a couple of inches, at least at least two or three inches of knee room yeah. back there, and I could also slide my feet under those second row seats uh, when you were when you had it positioned where you were comfortable as well. Right. So you could definitely take um, certainly if you have the bench. Uh, seat up seating con- con- uh, configuration which is technically an 8 passenger because there are three seat belts in that third row.
3: Right, but like you were sitting back there and I looked in the back seat and I'm like man there's one adult could sit next to you. Yeah. I don't know how you could get three adults back there unless they were really teeny tiny People, because just well, I mean, you can get three Jill
2: Simonellos back there. You
3: can get three Jill Simonellos if you're doing the Simonello measurement system. Yeah. She's a teeny tiny little journalist. But, like, for you, it was two people. Like, yeah. I think two, for the most part, two, two adults two, can two fit Two average adults here. could fit are putting or three, three kids. Yeah, or three kids. If you're putting three adults back there, it better be for a five-minute ride to dinner, because you're all sitting sideways in your seats. Yeah. There's no way you're really going to sit three adults back there.
2: Yeah, and you can get the second row with either uh, two captain's chairs or um, or a bench. Yep. And if you get the captain's chairs, there's, uh, like the Nissan Pathfinder and the new um, Infiniti QX60, the, there's a center console that is removable. Mm-hmm. So you, you have the option of taking that out when you don't need it and, and having a pass-through there.
3: Or, you know, let's be real, your kids are going to climb right over that center console yeah. whether you remove it or not. They're just using that's that a, as that's a step. That's a very good
2: point. <laughs> yeah, that, but at least
3: they're not cartwheeling over the seats and getting little footprints on the yeah, roof, right? That's, that's true, <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, so, you know, we we had an opportunity to spend quite a few hours driving yeah. around the island here um, yesterday um, and with with all three configurations and. Um, you know, some of it. You know, I mean, as that, they actually put together quite a nice drive route. You know, they there did. It was, a, there was a, a mountain road with a lot of curves, and we you know, made
3: some... one wrong turn. I don't know how. We we saw a bunch of chickens, and little we, chicks we crossing the road. We saw some goats. Yep. We saw we saw nature. We weren't supposed to be on that road. I'm like, this road is one car width. Where the heck are we? Yeah. But we made it through. I'm like, <laughs> okay, good thing no one else came. <laughs> That's true.
2: So no no serious off roading. I mean, no. this, this isn't you know this isn't the uh, the Toyota C- Tacoma Trail Hunter, uh, Which we're going to see in a little while. Uh, but uh, it, uh, it, it's, you know, I think for, you know, for a typical family use, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. I think it came across really well. And I think it, 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 was, it felt very composed on that road, you know, heading up into the mountains yeah. you know, or up into the volcanoes more technically. Um, so, uh, it you know, it was, I think it had a, quite a comfortable ride. It didn't feel bouncy or floppy or anything like that. Um, so, you know, it's, it's something that you can drive and it's going to, uh, it's going to feel controlled it, it's, you're, you're not, you're not going to feel, um, Uncomfortable, and it's, it's probably not going to make you nauseous.
3: No, yeah, hey, that's a bonus compared yeah. to the the vin I was in last week. Yeah. yeah, did not make me nauseous with you driving or me driving. Yeah. Woohoo! Yeah, um, yeah, no, I definitely think it's a very it's very accommodating. It's like, it is the kind of vehicle that you really think, yes, you could take a road trip in this because the seats are comfortable. The engines, no matter which you know, they're not all exactly the same, but they're all responsive enough. Like you're you're going to get moving, you're going to get going onto the highway, not feel like it's it's lagging and you can't really do what you want to do. Um, and I like the interior. You know, one of the and I forget how many water bottles with the water bottle like on the side, like in the in doors. The door pockets, yeah. They're huge.
2: Yeah.
3: Like it's not just like a little plastic water bottle you got at the convenience store. You could fit a great big water bottle in that. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, don't Esther underestimate the importance of those little things, especially when you have a lot of family on board. You got a lot of people, you're gonna have bottles, you're gonna have this, you you suddenly went through the drive-thru, you forgot you had something else, mm-hmm. you gotta shove something in the door pocket, you know. It that was nice and I really like one of my favorite things about the interior is how the USB Charging ports are yeah. set up. So in the front.
2: Oh, yeah, good point.
3: Right? there, There's three up front. So there's one that is direct, like on the right hand side, far right of the dashboard for the passenger. Mm-hmm. So you can plug in and charge, and you don't have to, like, plug in in the middle and have the cord running all the way across you or be fishing for it on the center console or looking for it inside of the center console, which is the worst thing. And there's, like, a little shelf right there. So yeah,
2: you can, a little trough. That you yeah.
3: You can plug it in and you can, like, leave it right there. Yeah. So you can let it charge and it's out of the way. And then if you're. I mean still the passenger but really for the driver there is another two more little ports one and it's so clearly marked one is a charging port one is to connect the Bluetooth so that you're connected to the car one's your data port and sometimes you can't tell which is which You, you literally don't know until you plug in the phone you're like that's not working and you have to switch this is very clearly marked very easy to get to I thought that was Fantastic, because like removes frustration. You know mm-hmm. exactly where things are to plug them in.
2: Yeah, and I've noticed um, you know recently on a number of vehicles um, that the the data port, you know, the the only distinguishing element of it, I think it's I think it's actually on Hyundai's Hyundai okay. and Kia's. They put a white outline around yeah. one of the ports. That's the data port. The ones that don't have the white outline around it, they're just charging so, ports.
3: And I, like, literally never even noticed that differentiator. Yeah. Like, So it's like, <laughs> but if you don't know that, you Well, know? I found
2: it by trial and error. He's so, like, wait a why, minute. Why isn't this connecting? <laughs>
3: and that's the worst, right? So yeah. you're sitting there, you're plugging, and you're like, gosh dang it, I just want to keep. Get this plugged in and work. There's no frustration. You plug in if you want to use a data port. If you're the passenger and that's what you're doing, you can see which one it is. If you're the driver and you know it already because you drive the car all the time, cool. But for the passenger, that's great because you have people along for the ride who don't necessarily know your car.
2: Right. So you got the three USB C ports in the front row, two more in the second row, two more in the third row, so everybody can charge all uh, their devices. Everybody
3: gets their devices charged. Yeah.
2: yeah. Um, so you did bring along a cookie. I did. And uh, you know, there's there's no. Work surface. There's no official no, there's no you know, cookie, cookie table. Ta- there's no cookie it's table. It's not an F there. 150. There's but, no
3: cookie table. But,
2: you know, did. Would you say that the Grand Highlander suffices?
3: (laughs) The Grand Highlander suffices. The the console was nice and flat. I did, like, tuck the cookie right there. Mm -hmm. It was good. And then for storage, oh, I love this. In front of the cup holders that are in the console, there's this huge, deep spot in front of it. Right. Like, I put my phone in, like, vertically into that spot, and my wallet, and the cookie while it was in transport. All fit in that little thing.
2: Yeah, and there's also, there's another cubby in front of that, a horizontal one. On one side is the Qi wireless charging port and then the other side is just a place to put more stuff more stuff um, and then if you put your phone and stuff in there your wallet and things in there you can use that space that you were just describing yeah. so there's two two standard cup holders and then there's this other cavity where i think they actually described it in the presentation is it's big enough to hold you know like one of those massive drink cups yeah you know, from you know from the gas Easily. station so wherever. you
3: technically have like three spots i it's like all these little things Family life is complicated. You never know what you're going to have with you when you're you're trying to juggle things with the kids. Your brain is kind of scattered sometimes. So to have all these spots where it's like, oh, I can just throw everything in here. I don't have to worry about where I'm going to put things. You can just toss it all in. There's a spot for everything. I love that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, so I think, um, you know, overall, you know, really good family vehicle. Let's let's go back to the, the powertrains. Yeah. Um, and wrap that part up. So um, three, three engine or three powertrain options the base setup is a 2.4 liter turbo four-cylinder which has been gradually rolling out across the various toyota and lexus vehicles over the last year and a half or so since it came out mm-hmm. um and you know, that one's about uh two, i think 276 horsepower roughly i
3: think that Something sounds about like that. right yeah
2: um and then there's and that's the first one that we drove yes um, so we started
3: off with a gas yeah. engine yep yeah.
2: and then the second one is the more traditional Toyota Hybrid. It's the fifth generation Toyota Hybrid system, uh, as, as they call it. Um, so, this is ba- basically the same powertrain that you can also get in the ungrand Highlander <laughs> and also in the Camry and uh, a bunch of other vehicles. Right. Uh, the, the RAV4 has it, so it's a 2.5 liter naturally aspirated four with the CV, the, the, the traditional. Uh, <laughs> we we got we got, we got some, we got some sparrows nesting like right cat- above yes, us here. Oh, my God.
1: <laughs> we're, we're
2: sitting out on the balcony. Um, and uh, so uh, that one is, I think, about uh, a little over 200. I think it's about 210 horsepower. Yeah. And that's with the classic eCVT.
3: Right, whereas the, the gas has an 8-speed automatic. Right. Then now you're going to CVT, and not only do you get less power, you get the CVT, which is kind of loud. I mean, it, it still does what it's supposed to do, but there's a dramatic difference in how it's not... very
2: fuel efficient. It's,
3: it's very fuel efficient. It's the most fuel, fuel efficient option of a lot, but it's just, it's loud. I, I it's, after spending some time in that gas engine to switch over to that hybrid I'm like well this isn't nice yeah I just didn't like it I enjoyed driving the gas one I did not enjoy the straight up hybrid as much because of that noisiness I mean it just sounds you when you push the gas if you're really asking for power it sounds so strained mm-hmm. like you know we can do it but can it yeah <laughs> really <laughs> yeah
2: you know, I mean this this powertrain you know you find it you know in a lot of smaller Toyota vehicles this is the largest Toyota that that has this powertrain yep. in there And you can you feel like it's working. I mean, it's still very efficient. Oh yeah, the fact that you can get thirty six miles per gallon. It's crazy. In this this size of vehicle, yeah, is is impressive. But when you when you you drive it, it you can get you hear it. It feels like it's working. It is
3: letting you know that you are demanding a lot of it, and it is trying. (laughs) Yeah.
2: And then of course there's the new hybrid Max, which I think. We first saw it on the Toyota Crown. Yes. Uh, or no, actually no, wait, it, it was on the, the Lexus RX. Okay. was the first one and then on the Crown, and now it's on, on here. And this is a new version of Toyota's hybrid system that dispenses with the eCVT right. and has a conventional 8-speed automatic. Uh, a six. Or six, it's sorry. a six. Sorry, yeah, you right. Yeah, it it is a six-speed. Six. Yeah. Um, with the 2.4 turbo. Yeah. Um, and you can also get it with all-wheel drive with uh, with the. Uh, actually, I think it's always all-wheel. It's drive.
3: It's always all-wheel drive with the an electric
2: motor on the yeah. rear axle as well for the all-wheel drive. And that's 326 horsepower and 400 foot-pounds of torque. And that one.
3: That's with, the one. I yeah. mean, it, here's the thing: it is it is doesn't have the noise of the hybrid. It doesn't quite get the, it's it's not as efficient as it in terms of fuel economy, but it's still better than the gas engine. Yeah. It, is, it is a happy medium on fuel efficiency, but in terms of performance and engagement, I liked it the best. Yeah. So it is the one that I would go for. I mean, it was, it was so nice to have a hybrid that didn't, that whine, oh, I just hate how that CVT sounds. So to have something that is getting good fuel economy and is nice to drive and doesn't sound horrible, that's the one
2: yeah and we drove that you know they said up into the mountains up to i think about four thousand feet yeah. altitude uh was, was roughly the peak of where we were um and it it didn't feel like it was working particularly hard at all it, no it, it had plenty of performance you know for a vehicle this size uh you know i think i i would definitely agree that is the best choice
3: and it's more expensive it's still... I'm forgetting pricing so it, it goes towards the top of the price yeah, range. depending on the
2: trim level i think the the platinum I think gets approaches sixty thousand dollars. It does.
3: Like the most expensive ones are sixty grand like yeah. are in that sixty so and I mean so there's a pretty you're you're paying for it. Mm-hmm. Like but it's something I feel like if you, if it's in your budget, if you can afford it and you wanna have that performance, go with that one. Like it really it I think it's enough that it's worth driving. If you're just like, Oh, I'll just get the hybrid, I'm fine. No, 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 no. Try the hybrid backs because you're gonna find it a much nicer car. You're gonna enjoy driving that one a lot more.
2: Yeah, definitely. So one one last thing I want to touch on um, during the uh, the Q and A after the presentation, before we went off to drive, Toyota was asked, you know, why there's no Grand Highlander Prime, no plug-in yes, hybrid. no plug-in. And you know, they made some excuses. Blah, and,
3: blah, blah. You know, <laughs> the,
2: the, you know, they didn't think you know the, the, this customer base would necessarily want that. And I, frankly, I don't agree. I I think this is the perfect customer base for the plug-in hybrid. If you if they offered you know a 35 you know you can get 40 miles of electric range in a RAV4 Prime if you could get 35 miles in this thing I think people would
3: take it because, like, you look at how popular the RAV4 Prime is, right? Like, it's hard to get one right now because everybody wants one. They aren't making them fast enough to satisfy the demand there. I think if they did a plug-in with this, I think people would love it because you're also, again, it's a family vehicle. So you're doing a lot of driving. Generally speaking, when you have a family, you're budgeting a heck of a lot of stuff between the kids and the husband and the wife or whoever. So to be able to budget, like, okay, our fuel economy just get that much better because I can plug it in and get that thirty miles of electric range. I think that would be great. Which
2: is, you know, all the driving that most people do on a daily basis. You plug it in in the evening. Yes. You unplug it in the morning. You do all the things that you do, you know, commuting to work, taking the kids to school, wherever else they need to go. And then you're not going to, you're not going to need to use almost any gas.
3: Right. So think about, and that's, think about how, even if it, even though it's more expensive generally than other trims, you're getting a lot back by not having to fill the tank quite so often. So yeah. I, yeah, I'm, I don't know why they didn't. I, I I, and they didn't seem to feel they didn't they didn't do that hinting like, oh it's not here yet. I, th- they, I think they, they. you think they, 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 they were hinting? They,
2: no, I think they made it pretty clear that they don't intend at this point not to do, do it. to do a prime uh, version of this vehicle. Mm-hmm. And you know we were talking about this a little bit, um, and and last night at dinner you know I asked uh, Dave Christ from Toyota, um, how many they think they're going to sell of this, um, you know and. First year, you know, they're looking about seventy-five thousand or so, mm-hmm. um, and then once they get up to to full production rate, and this is this vehicle is going to be built exclusively uh, at the Toyota plant in Indiana, where they also build the Sienna.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, they, they think they'll probably get close to a hundred thousand, um, and this is a North America only vehicle. Right. Um, I think if they sold the Grand Highlander in other markets and they had more volume, then I think that they particularly if they offered it in Europe. Uh, but a vehicle this size pr- probably wouldn't sell real well in it's Europe. It's too big. They just don't
3: do large vehicles yeah. like this as a rule.
2: But, you know, if, if it was offered in more markets and had higher overall volume, then I think they would do the prime. But, you know, the, the plug-in hybrid would probably only get somewhere between 5 and 10% of take rate, which you would know, be between maybe five and 10,000 right. vehicles. So it's a small and they, number. They, and they probably felt that it's not worth engineering... Another power train, that particular power train for this particular. And when particular you vehicle. and when
3: you look at all the, you know, there are still lots of issues with them getting all the parts they need, not just mm-hmm. Toyota. Everybody, yeah, to make vehicles, just so like okay, so we got enough to make these three different power trains. I'm going to add a fourth in there. You know that that increases the complication and the chances that we're not going to be able to get it because this one thing is missing. So to keep it to three is already a lot of options. So I get it, but I think a plug-in would have been cool.
2: Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, but you know, it, still the the options you have are are really good ones. You know, the the hybrid is very fuel efficient, if a little unruly sounding. Yes. <laughs> and and the, the max is is definitely the one to get. You it know, is. If, um, if you're especially if you live in a place where you're climbing mountains and things yeah, like
3: that. absolutely, the max is my favorite. That's the one uh, I would get if I was looking at this.
2: All right, so that's the Toyota Grand Highlander. Our first drive impressions. And yes. Hopefully, in the coming months, we'll have a chance to spend more quality time with it and, and try yeah. piling more people in and then you know see how they feel and about carrying
3: it. more cookies
2: yeah carry, absolutely carrying <laughs> more cookies all right thanks and thanks everybody all right we're back um and uh after the, the day after the evening after we drove the uh the grand highlander um we uh, Toyota had a luau, uh, or they had a, a Kalua pig. You know, they we got to see them digging up the pig out of the ground. Um, and that it was seemed
3: like it was much larger when it was buried in the ground under all the banana leaves or the leaves. I thought it was gonna be a great big pig, and because like, it comes as like this little flat, little thin, little thing. Like, man, <laughs> that was much more impressive when it was buried, <laughs>
2: yeah. Uh, but it was still really tasty, it
1: was um, very tasty, pig, yes. Yeah.
2: Um, and uh, and then they they showed off the uh, the new Tacoma. Uh, the 2024 Toyota Tacoma, so kind of the the last of the, the the midsize pickups to get a complete redesign. You know, over the last uh, year or two, uh, we've seen um, new new Ranger, new uh, Canyon in Colorado, uh, new Nissan Frontier, um, and now we've got the Tacoma, which is far and away the best selling of the midsize pickups. It sells more than twice as many as the GM. Uh, the Chevy and GMC GMC trucks combined um, definitely well more than double the number of rangers and an interesting stat that Dave Christ um, the head of I think he's the head of Toyota brand now uh, for North America um, mentioned uh, during dinner the night before was the Tacoma for 22 years now has actually been the best selling nameplate in the state of Hawaii Oh yeah better selling than any other is, vehicle is the, it is
0: the official the official vehicle of Hawaii yeah.
3: yeah I had no idea and then all of a sudden once we I think once I knew that I was like look there
0: they're, 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 ev- they're, they're everywhere they're everywhere because they're they're rugged you can get them off-wheel drive you can get them wheel drive there's a ton of aftermarket stuff Hawaii's a little, there's a lot of like trails in Hawaii that you have mm-hmm. to drive on and so yeah you want a rugged truck that you can do work with and get to where you want to go.
2: And even, you know, some of the access roads to, you know, to get to beaches, you know, they're, there are, they are nominally paved, um, you know, and, and while they- Paved with air quotes. Yeah. And, you know, while they don't necessarily have Michigan style potholes, they're, you know, they're not exactly smooth much of the time. Uh, so you want something that's going to be fairly rugged and durable. Um, and so we've got, you know, the, the Tacoma um, and uh, they sell a ton of those in Hawaii um, and, We've got a, a new one um, you know with a, a couple of new variants of it, including this trail hunter for overlanding. Um, and uh, where what's, what's interesting you know is the uh, at least Ford and GM on their new midsize trucks. They've dropped the extended cab versions and are just doing crew cabs now for the new ones. Um, Toyota has got a crew cab. Interestingly enough, though, it doesn't have the, the rear hinged half doors on there like they've had in the past. Um, you know, so it's purely a two door extended cab midsize pickup, um, and you can get the um, the Tacoma with um, either the two point four liter turbo that's been showing up in all kinds of Toyota and Lexus vehicles, um, or the 2.4 uh, liter turbo um I-force max you know hybrid system similar to what's on the uh, the tundra and and uh, um uh, the um sequoia uh but with a four cylinder instead of the v6 so it's the same 2.4 turbo um and you can even get the 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 naturally or the the um the non-hybrid version with a manual transmission still in certain trim levels like in the pre-runner and the sr5 um, what do you guys think about the the Tacoma?
3: I think they did good. I mean, just first of all, they kept enough of what you needed to keep, like the capability, the very, you know, like you can get out there, can do anything, but then updated the stuff that needed to be updated. Like they didn't break it. I'm always worried they're going to break them, you know? Yeah.
0: I mean, the, the fact that you can get a hybrid or a manual transmission, I'm just like, well, yeah, this, no wonder it's, I mean, this is when you think mid sized truck, you don't, I, I, I always forget the Ranger even exists, to be honest. I see them they're around yeah
3: <laughs> because when the ranger came out everyone was like oh my god oh my god oh my god the ranger's back the ranger's back the ranger's back now someone asked me a bit about a mid-side truck and i'm like tacoma um,
0: tacoma taco <laughs> just get the taco <laughs> yeah
3: the taco they're like i'm sorry i'm not hungry i was looking for a truck but still yeah
0: no it's it's i think they're 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 going to sell a billion of these um i, I i'm a fan of the, the hybrid system because a hybrid in a, in a truck is always uh is always great. I mean, you know, the Maverick. I I would like Toyota to make a small Maverick uh, type vehicle with a hybrid. That would be dope. Or a small. Oh my God, with a manual transmission. Either way, uh, no, the Tacoma is great. They're going to sell a billion of these in Hawaii. They're going to sell a billion of these in my neighborhood. A lot of there's a, my neighbors have like two Toyota trucks. And yeah, it, it's, it's, I think the, the Tundra to me is just too much. It's just a, a slow down. Yeah. <laughs> the Tacoma, though, on the other hand, is like, yeah, yeah, this is, this, is, this is why people buy Toyota trucks for this. This is what they want. Did you see the seats on the new TRD Pro? I don't what 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 so what is going on with it? It's like it's like it's like RoboCop. It's (laughs) (laughs) so the TRD Pro
2: is you know sort of Toyota's answer to you know the Raptor or the ZR2 uh, for the Canyon. You know it is the high speed off road. So they've they've actually got a couple of different you know really off road oriented high end off road oriented trims. They've got the new Trail Hunter, um, and last year at SEMA they showed. Uh, a tundra trail hunter concept and the trail hunter is for overlanding you know so it's got a beefy suspension um and you know it's it's designed to you know hold more stuff you know put um lots of gear on there you know put your pop-up tent camper on the back and things like that the um the trd pro is you know kind of the desert racer version you know and and rock crawler Um, and so they have these new seats on the, the TRD pro, um, that actually have their own dampers built into the back of the seat. Um, and what, what do they call, I forget what they
0: call these things. Isodynamic Uh, performance seats.
2: (laughs) Yeah. So I guess the whole structure, you know, they had one out there, you know, to sit on, you know, and just sitting on it, you can. You, you can't really get uh, an impression of, of how it actually works. But I guess the idea here is that you know this is su- supposed to provide some more isolation uh, for the driver when you're going over the really rough terrain, uh, or the driver and the front passenger, actually. So that you've got this structure on the back of the seat that's got a couple of dampers built into it. And I guess the the seat back and the seat cushion can move somewhat independently of each other um i'll be curious to see what this is actually like you know when we actually get to try it off road
3: all i can good.
0: see is my knees getting destroyed if i'm sitting in the back seat <laughs> yeah well
2: <laughs>
3: and, rest, and, your knees bounce oh ouch oh yeah. if your knees hit that imagine yeah, you bounce no. a little you're not bouncing <sighs> against a piece of plastic you're bouncing against
0: whatever's that? going on yeah There's a <laughs> suspension system in the front seat well wow.
2: <laughs> actually for you robbie you're probably not going to want to sit in the back seat of a Tacoma anyway. Anyway, yeah. Um, I, no ch- I sat in the back seat of the, the Trail Hunter, um, and it's a little snug. Um, you know, I mean, I'm not as tall as you are, and my knees were touching the front. You know, I set the front seat, you know, for my height, and then got in the back, and my knees were almost touching the, the seat back. Uh, uh, yeah. and I'm not going to have a good time there's, back There's, there. like, no room under the front seats to get your feet under there either, so there's no real uh, room there so you're probably not going to want to sit in the back seat of any tacoma Um, so it's
0: mostly for the dogs that's a dog sitting in the back seat yeah they
2: don't need they don't need and and for that you know you can fold down the back seat um uh like fold down the seat back in the back so the great for the dogs you can also pop it up and there's some storage underneath the the seat cushions in the back as well Some lockable storage so that's nice yeah so that's the that's the Tacoma um, oh and you know they they borrowed a, a little feature for the trail hunter um, from the um, from rivian uh, they've got a jBL Bluetooth speaker that's embedded in the top of the dashboard that you can remove and you can you can put put it outside you know so when you've set up your uh, capsite
3: I, I just think that's a cute idea
2: yeah so uh so that's the new Tacoma um next up um, while I was in Hawaii I get got a message from somebody at Ford saying hey um there's going to be a Twitter spaces event later this afternoon which I didn't tune into um with uh with Jim Farley and Elon Musk
0: did either of you listen to this i didn't I, I was i think i was somewhere uh, and i was just like what no <laughs> so uh, and then and then afterwards they're like uh <laughs>
2: from a, from a technical standpoint at least this one worked out better than the twitter spaces they tried to do the day before with elon and uh and that guy from florida uh florida man that's running from texas for running running for president um that one did not go well this one at least technically went well but the the news that came out of this was wow um ford um is done a deal with tesla um, starting in early 2024, um, existing Ford vehicles will have access to the uh, uh, the Tesla Supercharger network. And they're going to build in um, the the capability right into the Ford Pass app. So, right now, you know, for for superchargers that have the Magic Dock on there that we've talked about that you tried out, uh, Robbie, you, you have to use the Tesla app, you know, to to get it. Go, you know, when you plug in the vehicle and to because yeah,
0: you have to tell it to to do Super Dock.
2: Yeah. And so um, they're going to build that capability right into the Ford Pass app, into the Mach-E um, and the E-Transit and the F-150 Lightning uh, starting early next year. And presumably that will be available as an OTA update um, on those vehicles for the existing ones. And they'll also have um, the, the dock adapter available, the, the Tesla adapter available uh, for
0: those vehicles. So you don't um, have to use a super duck, because there's only like five of them in the country. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> so you just have to have – if you have the adapter with you, just plug it in and then put yeah. it in. Yeah.
2: Okay. Um, so it plugs into the CCS port on the car, and then you plug in the Tesla connector into that. Um, starting in late 2024, early twenty-five, when Ford starts launching their next generation of EVs, the uh, their three-row um, – SUVs, um, they based, you know, Explorer-sized, you know, to – as we don't know what they're going to call them yet, but let's call them Ford Explorer EV and Lincoln Aviator EV. Um, when those launch in early 25, they won't have a CCS connector on them anymore.
0: Wait, wait, wait hold on. There's a, here's the whole thing. They don't know. <laughs> Emma Berg from from Ford replied to a bunch of Twitter questions and said, "We're ex- we're not hundred percent sure. They were like they're sort of like exploring whether or not they'll have two ports on the car."
2: Well, Mar- Martin Ginsberg or uh said that they that they will have the NACS the the Tesla connector
0: yeah. on there. So so they don't know if they're going to have one port or two port. They don't really know. Okay. <laughs> and everybody and every journalist I've talked to who's talked to him has all gotten a different a different answer. Okay. So on Twitter, she's like, "Well, we're not. We're we're investigating having both ports." So at the very least, there's going to be at least a Tesla connector on there. <laughs> at least and one,
1: or possibly more.
0: There's at least one. It'll be the Tesla connector, and possibly CCS. Yeah, and
2: and presumably they will put that Tesla connector somewhere near the left rear corner, like it is on Teslas, so that you can you know pull up to a supercharger or back into a supercharger and and have the cable reach the the port. Uh, unlike trying to do it today with an F one hundred and fifty or a Mach-E, um you know, where
0: with a magic dock where the the cable's just not long enough. Yeah, um, you, you essentially take up like three spaces to charge your F one hundred and fifty, which I'm yeah. sure Tesla people will be super happy about.
2: Oh yeah. <laughs> um, so um, you know, Ford, you know, I, I think this is this is interesting. You know, I think Ford probably didn't want to do this. But, you know, with the lack of success they seem to be having with getting Electrify America and EVgo and everybody else to improve on their their reliability with their chargers, they probably looked at this and said, you know what, we just got to give our customers the best possible user experience with charging. Yeah. And the best way to do that. Is just put compatibility with superchargers right into the vehicles. Just just use the one that works.
0: And that's yeah. the crazy thing is that the, the, the killer app for Tesla, and I've been saying this for forever at this point, is is the charging network. That that is that is the killer app. And people say, well, I need to drive across country. What should I use? I'm like, well model three you should just it's going to be the you're going to have the easiest time going across country in a model three because you're not going to have to worry about it you're, it's the car is going to tell you where you have to go it's going to tell you how to charge you're not going to use like 12 apps you're not going to get there you're not going to be concerned that you're going to get there 11 o'clock at night and everything's broken <laughs> it's Just, and so when you look at it, on one hand you're just like oh my god i can't believe they're they're going with this this other it, it would be nice if tesla would just went to ccs but when you're ford and you're 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 probably getting a ton of feedback from your people who have bought Machis and F1 F-150, F150 lightnings and they're saying they're telling you you know what? I really like my car but I you know when I go on a road trip it's it's a big huge pain in my ass to, to like charge because like like you know there's only like four chargers out of place and three of them are broken or it's not charging fast enough and meanwhile all these Tesla people are just like woo
2: <laughs> and you know Ford to their credit's been doing a lot of stuff to try to you know monitor you know the the charging experience on, on vehicles when people plug in their their Mach-Es and lightnings you know if the the charging session doesn't start correctly or it charges slowly or whatever it might be they're tracking that and you know when they detect that there's a problem with a the charger they 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 are pulling those chargers out of uh the ford pass system um, you know, that got, you know, when, when you drive one of those vehicles, you know, you can have it navigate you to a, a charger or, you know, when you put in a destination, you know, it'll say, okay, well, where, where do I need to charge? You know, and it'll show the, the places where there's charging available. And they are, you know, actively pulling out the chargers that they know have not been functioning. Um, and, you know, they're sharing data with the, the charge, oper- charge point operators, but, you know, it, it hasn't really helped so far um and so this is you know this is going to potentially be the you know the best of all worlds uh for ford ev buyers going forward
0: yeah it's it's that when i took that that bmw up to wherever up near tahoe on the way to tahoe to charge it i was like halfway expecting to get there and it kind of didn't work you know so i charged beforehand because i was like well just in case let me charge let me get let me get enough charge so i can make sure i get there and if it doesn't work i have it you know charge to get back down to this charger and I got there, and it was just like it was like. Other than the fact that I didn't have a um, a credit card on file with Tesla, it had it, it wasn't working with Apple Pay or, for whatever reason. Um, it's just like once I set that up, it was just like tint, tint, and it just worked. And I was like, because <sighs> <laughs> you just like I, I need I, this, I need this. This to charge. I needed to do the, the the super you know the super dock or whatever. And it just like clicked and I'm like tint, and I just plugged it in, and then I walked in the car, and the car it just like started charging. I'm like, this is why you buy a Model Three. This is literally why you buy a buy a Model Three. You don't buy a Model Three because it's better than the Machi. You don't buy it because it's better than the Onyx Five. You buy it because I want to go somewhere, and I don't want to worry about it. I want to drive a car like I an EV, like I drive a gas car. Yeah. And Tesla has been like, yeah, yeah, we made a we made a charging network. And somebody at the somebody at the office, when I talked to the engineer uh, years ago, they're like, someone here was like, wouldn't it be great if like along the way we could tell you like where to stop. And so like, we just did that. Like someone had an idea and they just did it and then it changed everything. And somehow automakers, other automakers are just now starting to catch up with it. And mostly through Android, (laughs) (laughs) through Android automotive. (laughs) And so, yeah, it's like, on one hand, you're like, I don't like the idea that we're essentially like putting lightning ports in cars, you know, like Apple with its, you know, I would love if there was USB-C, we have this proprietary uh, cable, but on the other hand, you just people just want to go where they want to go and they won't want to like fight with, you know, a sort of janky network that we have now, which I completely understand.
2: Yep. All right. Um, last uh, thing we've got uh, before we get to, to a few more listener questions, is the new BMW 5 Series. Um, BMW revealed the new 5 Series uh, this past week. Um, and uh, as you might have guessed. Uh, it will be available as an i5 with uh, battery electric, as well as a plug-in hybrid and and mild hybrids as a standard setup. Um, and uh, one of the cool, f- well, maybe cool features will remains to be seen <laughs> that, uh, that they're adding on there is support for Air Console, which is a, a streaming uh, video game service for for casual games. So it's not uh, not quite like uh, Nvidia's GeForce now or. Microsoft's um, Xbox cloud gaming, Uh, but you'd be able to you can pair your phone with the screen in the car uh, while you're waiting for it to charge and use your phone as a controller and play video games on the on the screen in the car. Um,
0: What do you what do you think about the new five series? I I like it. I think it doesn't have the giant kidney grill. (laughs) (laughs) I think they're sort of paring down on it
3: picture isn't loading for me i'm like what i want to see if it has a giant grill and for some reason the pictures are not loading for me i'm like come on that's the biggest question
0: <laughs> it has a smaller grill yeah so- it's it's looks like it's
2: fairly similar in size to the current gen five
3: series. Oh, i got one okay, yeah. okay. <laughs> i finally oh my gosh it's not giant beaver teeth yay
0: yeah no it looks nice it's clean it's <laughs> not like crazy um the ev i mean i'm really excited to drive the ev i mean i like the i5 I, th- I think the i5 the uh the um the regular five series is going to be nice but i just just from history the ev is going to be better (laughs) yeah
2: yeah i mean right now you know they've announced two two versions of the i5 the e-drive 40 which is the same 335 horsepower rear rear motor that's in the the i4 e-drive 40 uh with 295 miles of range uh and then the m60 uh with 590 horsepower so this uh would be the same pair of motors that you find in the i7 m60 uh zero to sixty and three seven two hundred fifty six 256 miles of range um they bumped up the charging speed to
0: 205 kilowatts now um i drove the i7 and it told me there was like 190 something i was getting 205 in that car okay for charging well,
2: i don't know it, that- it may be that they have done an ota update that enables a little faster because yeah. i know 190 was what they what they specified when it launched yeah they may and have hit, those
0: i and have was, video of it hitting 205 i'm like all right well this is yeah. good <laughs> yeah it was that EA charger too so you know oh, maybe wow. things aren't so bad <laughs> <laughs> um and uh
2: you know it, it looks like it's similar size you know maybe slightly larger i haven't looked at all the detailed specs i don't know if they've published all those yet to the current five series, but you know, the five series is a really nice mid-size luxury sedan. Um, and uh, you know, I'm I'm really looking forward to driving this. And then of course, you know, there's also the gas versions, you know, with the two-liter turbo four-cylinder and the three-liter turbo inline six. Um, the uh, the I5 E 40 starts at sixty-seven thousand, uh, sixty-eight thousand including delivery, uh, and the M60 at eighty-four um the uh base five thirty i starts at fifty eight thousand uh so i think i think this might be kind of the the sweet spot for a lot of people um yeah you know not not as big as the seven the i seven uh but you know similar performance um and uh and i think this this could be a lot of fun
0: yeah there's a sixty six hundred dollar differential between the uh five thirty i x drive and the i five e drive so yeah. And so, you know, if you this just rear wheel drive, it's going to be, uh... it, you know, the... <laughs> so it's going to be, you know, nice. Yeah. I, mean, I think we've I, talked about the I four as a rear wheel We're Like, dude, just get that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, as, as, as nice as the, the, the dual motor, all
2: wheel drive I4 M50 is, I four M 50 is, you know, if I was buying one, I would actually go with the, the rear drive, yeah. um, you know, the better range and everything. I, I like it. Yeah. Mm. Um, one, uh, one interesting detail, uh, you know, it's got, you know, a lot of the same ADAS stuff that's, uh, that's on the 7 Series because it's based on the same platform architecture as so the 7 Series. Um, you know, so it's got this, the new hands-free driving assist that's on the 7 Series, on the i7. Um, but they've, they've added a new uh, capability in here. So on the, on, the I, on the 7 Series, when you're using the hands-free system, you know, if the sensors detect that the lane adjacent to you is open and, you, know, you can do a lane change, it'll, it'll flash up on the instrument cluster, you know, um, you know, lane change available uh, and suggested, and you just tap on the turn signal stock and it'll go and it'll execute the lane change. And the, actually the i4 does the same thing. Um, but even though it doesn't have hands-free, but it'll do the, the lane changes. On the, the new 5, using the driver monitor system, it's actually watching your eyes, and instead of having to tap the turn signal when you're using the hands-free system, all you have to do is glance over at the side, the side mirror, and if you look over at the side mirror, it takes that as, um, as a, you know acknowledgement that, yeah, okay, go ahead and do the, do the active lane change, and it will do the lane change. So it's the, it's the first vehicle I've seen that has that kind of capability using, using your eyes to activate auto lane change
3: your eyes <laughs> eyes okay I'm,
0: I'm, i will be in in germany in a few weeks to talk to them so i'm gonna like really ask them a lot of questions because because i glance a lot like okay. i was just that's just like you know to all my mirrors i'm like always looking because that's how i was taught to drive um so i'm wondering like what's the is it two seconds is it three seconds like what's the difference between a glance to make sure there's no one over there and a glance to change lanes so it'll be
3: right how you know, does it know the difference
0: it has to be timing based, I guess. Or maybe you have to like, maybe you have to like, like kind of like scowl a little, like. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, it, maybe it's the, maybe it's also just, checking your 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 eyebrows. So if your eyebrows are kind of like, <laughs> like lift your left eyebrow and then it'll get in the left lane Lift your right eyebrow.
3: Sideways, it's just glance. If you lift up, then it, yeah, I feel like I could screw this up. Like, ah, I'm not changing lanes. <laughs> well, there <know>. you know. go. <laughs>
2: You know, tip, you know, with, you know, on the the 7 and and in the I-4, you know, it's looking at, you know, okay, what is your set speed for the adaptive cruise control? Let's say it's 70. You've got it set at 70, and the the car in front of you is going 65, you know, so it wants to, you know, it's going to suggest an overtake. The sensors are going to look at the, the left lane, and if it's all clear, then it'll say, you know, lane change available. And today, you know, on those vehicles, if you wanted to actually do the lane change, you have to tap the turn signal stock. Yeah, you know, so it you know now if you if it says lane change available, if you look over at the mirror, or presumably for some period of time, it will then execute the, the the change. If you're just you know if it if it's if you're just glancing at the mirror and it hasn't suggested a lane change, it's not going to do anything. So it's not going to change lanes every time you look at the mirror. Only when it has suggested a lane change, and then you look at the mirror. Um, again. The timing is going to be interesting i'll be curious to see what they tell you robbie about
0: uh, yeah. details about like how this is going to work yeah I, I got i got lots of questions and the germans will love telling me all the answers to that in a uh, very technical way yeah <laughs> <laughs> and i get all excited i love going to germany because there's like okay let me tell you about the engineers like bill come here well not bill hans or whatever <laughs> klaus get over here we got a got we got a question
2: <laughs> all right speaking of questions let's answer a couple more listener questions um this one came from sean in australia uh he sent us a question uh by email uh even though i'm in australia and some of the models you review and discuss never make it to our market i love listening to the podcast and have for years now i was wondering if i could ask the team's opinion as we are looking to replace our 2008 nissan l grand people mover slash not a minivan although we do prefer although we do refer to it as the van uh, we have four kids, twin girls nine and two boys seven and five. So we do fill a car. Fortunately, uh, they're still small, and neither my wife or I uh, are Robbie's size. So <laughs> our kids are not likely to become tall anytime soon. We I'm like the Kia her. Carnival and the Kia Sorento. My wife has always liked the SUV shape, but the space in the van is always a winner. And you know, certainly with four kids, I can I can see where yeah. it would be. the The advantage of the Sorento. Um, plug-in hybrid is the government tax benefit for me with a hybrid under uh, a novated lease. I'm not sure what that means, but mm-hmm. um, anyway, uh, so uh, so much so that even with the $20,000 increase in price for the Sorento GT line to the PHEV, I will pay less a month for the PHEV uh, cool. compared to the Carnival. Uh, the lease deal makes the PHEV very attractive, but my only concern is how the 1.6 liter hybrid engine compared to those V6 3.5 liter GT line. And I think the Carnival is the same uh, V6 petrol engine. Uh, I'd love to hear the team's thoughts on these three options, the Carnival GT line, the Sorento GT line, and the Sorento PHEV. Um, I'm particularly interested in your opinions on how they drive and handle. Uh, keep up the great work. Many thanks in advance. Sean.
3: Okay. I, aside from like Sorento, which one, which powertrain, with four kids, I would lean really heavily still towards that Carnival.
0: There is a facelift coming that's supposed to have a PHEV. For the, for the carnival, yeah.
3: I, I feel like because it's it's here's a
0: hybrid. I don't know if you have. Hold on, I think it's just a hybrid.
3: Because I I know that you can make like a, the Sorrento will absolutely do the job, but in turn four kids, that means you're always having at least four kids, and then Tommy's along for the ride because you're giving him a ride from soccer practice. and Now you have five. That extra bit of space, I like the carnival. And the
2: and the, the Sorrento, you know, has a third row. Yeah. But it's it's nowhere near as voluminous as the third row in the in the carnival.
3: And if you're using like it's the thing is I always think of the third row in an SUV is very much like every now and then, if you have to, kind of sorta, of, there's a third row. None of them are really most of them are not really truly huge. The Sorrentos isn't gigantic. So I feel like I kind of feel like I, I would really lean towards minivan with four kids. That's just where I am. I would be like, no, three kids, maybe three but four kids.
2: Yeah, I would you know I would definitely um, you know take the kids to the dealership and have the two nine year olds sit uh-huh. in that third row, yeah, and see if they can sit in there comfortably because you know the thing is at this age you know nine years you know even though okay even though the two of you may not be uh, particularly tall um, you know they're they are soon probably within the the lifespan of what you know given that you're currently driving a two thousand eight Algrand, uh, you know, presumably you're planning to keep whatever this, whatever you buy for, you know, a significant length of time. Um, and that's good. We, you know, we definitely encourage that, uh, but, you know, they're getting to the age where in the next couple of years, they're going to start hitting growth spurts.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And um, you know, if, if the nine-year-olds can't be comfortable um, in that third row today,
1: mm-hmm.
2: they're, probably in the sometime during the time the period that you own this vehicle, you know, none of them are going to be comfortable back there.
3: Like I know you're looking at powertrain, but just purely from versatility, like Sam said, they're gonna be they're gonna be squished back there. It's gonna get tricky. As all the kids get older, it's gonna get tricky.
2: And you're also going to have less cargo room back there. So, you know, if you're taking trips to visit the grandparents or, you know, whatever, or just going to the beach, taking them to the beach, um, you know, you're going to have a bunch of stuff back there, you know, that you, that you take for, you know, for a day, you know, day at the beach or, you know, for a, a vacation trip. Um, and you're not going to have as much cargo space behind that. In fact, you are going to have very little cargo space behind that third row in the Sorrento, especially compared to the Carnival. Mm-hmm. Um so, you know, I would definitely consider the 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 carnival, um, especially if they, uh, you know, if they have, um, it, you know, I don't know what your timing is for buying a vehicle. Yeah, if but, you can't
0: wait till like next year. Yeah. I know the U.S. it well, there's a good chance in the U.S. we'll have a hybrid carnival next year, early next year. They'll go in production like this fall. So I'm not sure how that will work with and Australia. And the carnival's
2: but. built in Korea. It's not built here. So yeah, it's, it's like right like
0: like, down the street. Yeah. So it's not, it's not, really. not going to well, be compared to us.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not going to be a North America only model likely. So if there's a, if there's a hybrid carnival um, you know, then that's going to be um, you know, something that's probably going to be global. Yeah. Um, and you know, certainly the hybrid you know, to, and the other part of the question, you know, is whether the 1.6 turbo, you know, with the plug-in hybrid is a good solution for that size of vehicle. You know, I, I think it is, you know, yeah. it's, it's got plenty of torque. Um, and when you pair it with the electric motor, um you know it's got it's got plenty of performance i, I don't think performance is going to be an issue for you with the 1.6 turbo and the, the plug-in hybrid um but if they do a plug-in hybrid version of the uh, of the carnival i mean that would that would be your your ideal combination i think yeah
0: I'm, I'm seeing just hybrid but if it's a plug-in hybrid it's like yeah
3: um
2: i'm just looking to see what else is
0: yeah you know the the
2: next size up you know, would be like the, the Palisade and Telluride, um, which, you know, neither of those is available as a hybrid today. Um, and I don't know when, when, or if they will be, uh, you know, there, there is the Kia EV9 coming. I don't know if that's going to be offered in Australia. Um, you know, and if that, you know, kind of fits your, your needs, you know, that that is another option to consider as well is, you know, the EV9 is is a step up in size from the Sorento uh, and will definitely have a more usable third row seat for those kids.
3: I'm reading something that says that it is going to be due. Wait a minute, that it is going to be coming into Australia. I'm trying to get the something. EV9. Yeah, I'm trying yeah. to.
2: look. Well, there's also the Hyundai Ionic 7, which, you know, one of those will probably, you know, either the Ioniq 7 or the EV9, you know, will probably be offered in Australia this
3: assume. is an avi website and it says it's due to be launched in the third quarter of 2023 july to september so it should be coming out oh cool so All right? so yeah theoretically yes
2: <laughs> so you know start off by you know taking taking the kids you know making the two nine-year-olds sit in the third row of the sorrento and you know that may that may cross it off your list just by default um because you know they're they're not going to get any shorter, uh, the kids. <laughs> so <laughs> you Just keep growing. Uh, yeah, t- tell me about it. Um, all right. Uh, next up, Kenny in Rhode Island uh, wrote in uh, says, uh, "Hey, bearings Cast, uh, enjoy the podcast very much. Uh, it's pretty much a go-to weekly show. Uh, I started following you guys after hearing the tech, hearing you on the Tech Guy a couple of years ago." Uh, the podcast you all have put together is informative and entertaining. My wife and I recently started uh, to look into leasing a hybrid vehicle. Shocker, there is a limited inventory, and those <laughs> they do have seem to be marked up quite significantly. Uh, and here's where the confusion comes in. Do you know why the leasing terms are significantly higher, even though the price of a gas model and hybrid and, and are not that different? Um it also seems as though the manufacturers don't want uh, you to get an EV or hybrid. Uh, second question if we go with a PHEV um, and lease that, can we still get the tax credit? uh where can we find uh clear details on this information at this time we're looking at the Kia Sorento or Hyundai Tucson hybrid or plug-in hybrid stock is very low if there's any at all uh we're told we could put a deposit on a vehicle but uh they didn't they have no idea when the vehicles are going to arrive uh what a mess uh any thoughts um on these vehicles I mentioned uh as others as we priced are way out of our price range and I thought that this credit would help Um, with, but it does not seem to be the case. Uh, when will the vehicles, uh, being made, when, when will these vehicles begin being made in the U S so that more people can take advantage of the tax credit? Sorry for the long-winded email, uh, Kenny in Rhode Island. Uh, so let's start off the the first part about, you know, the, uh, the lease terms, uh, on the hybrid plug-in hybrids, uh, versus the gas models. Um, any thoughts there?
0: If there's less of them and the people want them, they're gonna charge more. That's the dealer They get to do whatever they want. That's that's what it comes down to my, my cousin they, they want an HRV the people are like you got we're gonna charge you like this two thousand or three thousand dollar Like extra just because and I was like, no, that's crazy. It's an HRV. They're all over the place Nope. Nope. They don't care. Yeah, <laughs> they still just did whatever they wanted and I I, I wrote I I I test e-bikes as well. And one of the routes takes me by where they drop off all the the cars. So as much as Subarus and a big parking lot full of HRVs didn't help my cousin. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, you know, the, the supply situation
2: is getting better. Um, You know, inventories are starting to creep up. Uh, So in the coming months, you know, hopefully we'll start to see you know some of these markups subside and you know the thing is if people are looking for a hybrid or plug in hybrid of any of these models you know dealers you know if the supplies have been limited you know you know the 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 monthly payment on the lease you know is based on you know combination of the residual value and you know whatever the um the the sales price of the vehicle would be so you know if a dealer attacks on a markup up front You know that is what gets factored into that monthly payment you know so if they're tacking on two three five thousand dollars on top of the msrp then you're going to end up with a higher monthly payment uh even though you know comparing the sticker prices uh the you know the msrp msrp they're 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 going to be you know not that much different um that's why you're probably seeing higher uh lease prices what i would suggest is maybe shop around some different dealers um, you know, see if you can find a dealer that is not charging markups cause it's not, it's not universal. Not, not every dealer is doing that markups.org. Yes, that's right. We talked about them before. So check, check there and, you know, see if you can find a dealer, um, that, you know, is willing to sell a sticker and then you can get a better deal. The next part about, um, getting the tax credit on a PHEV, um, again, it, it, it depends, but in general, yes, you can, the tax credit gets passed through on, uh, on the lease. Um, and, um, I think Kia has said that, you know, their policy, and I think the same is true for Hyundai, um, that they are, um, passing through the, the tax credits, you know, uh, if you lease one of these vehicles, because right now, because none of these, none of the plugins are, Assembled in North America, the the gas versions are all, are in, of many of these are assembled in North America, but the plugins are still being ex- imported from Korea. But if you lease it, um, there's a good chance that you can get the uh, the tax credit on there. So again, I would shop around. Um, you know, there it's not really published anywhere. <laughs> uh, so because the lease a lease is legally considered. Um, as a commercial vehicle sale, because it's the vehicle is technically being sold to the financing company, whoever the financing company is, and then leased to the end customer. Um, you know, for commercial vehicles, they don't have the North American production requirement um, on there, and so you, you know, on most leased vehicles, you know, you can you can get that. So again, shop around different dealers and and see what they'll give you. Um, and then um, you know, uh, this again, on the, the inventory, you know, it's getting the situation's getting better. Um, and so we should start to see more of these. And you know, Hyundai Motor Group, you know, is, as along with you know the the Japanese manufacturers are moving aggressively to um, shift more of their production uh, of these vehicles to North America in order to make them eligible for uh for the tax credits uh so you know that's not something that's going to happen imminently but over the next couple of years it'll definitely happen so it's probably not going to help you right now but you know by 2025 uh we should start to see more of these vehicles be eligible for for tax credits um let's see i think that answers everything they had yeah Uh, i think
0: yeah it's it's a lot of supply and demand and yeah. the dealers are going to like, well, if we can make extra money, we're going to make extra money. Yep. Uh, that is unfortunately the way it
2: works. I mean, you know, when, when supply uh, exceeds demand, you know, that's when we've been able to negotiate on prices and on the price and, and get a discount or get rebates and things like that. And, you know, it works the other way around as well. When supply is low, then, you know, they they want to take more from you. Um, so that is unfortunately uh, one of the downsides of a a uh, capitalist uh, system. So, um, all right. Last one from Sean Whitehurst. Um, this one, uh, hello. What was the best Japanese wagon? The Lexus IS three hundred Sport Cross, Acura TSX Sport Wagon, Mazda six, something else. Thanks, Sean. Uh, and uh, he, he signed it off with uh, twenty eleven maroon TSX wagon, which is presumably what he drives. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what. Do you do either of you have a preference in terms of Japanese wagons?
0: My the best wagon is the thousand two 2002 WRX Sport Wagon because I owned one and I absolutely <laughs> love that car.
3: That was it's, like so oddly specific.
0: <laughs> it's the the Bug Eye the Bug Eye WRX uh, Subaru Sport Wagon is the best wagon. They don't even you can't get a WRX wagon anymore. The last one was two thousand four the two thousand four model, mm-hmm. and then they, they went away. They don't do a hatchback anymore, do they? uh for the wrx now i think it's sedan only now isn't it sedan only so that's kind of a bummer but yeah 2002 bug eye it's got a fun look um it's fun to drive i think the making it a wagon only added like 100 pounds to the car um it has that that really short like second gear and that really weird it's the driving a wrx like you have to like drive it for a month before you get it and then once you get it, you're like, "Oh yeah, this is it." But it's it's not an easy car that you just can't. Most people just can't jump in and just like, "Oh, oh okay, I'm driving it." It's it is a you have to work for the the, the power of a WRX to 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 reveal itself. <laughs> and I absolutely love it, and I miss that car so much. <laughs> wow! <laughs> so that's the best Japanese sport wagon or bad Japanese wagon. I don't
3: know that I can because I just sort of be picking one sort of. I like. I like the Mazda six when he said Mazda Six. I'm like, I kind of like that one, but I have no great passion that like, ha, like Robbie did. So I feel like I just have to defer to Robbie's. <laughs> <laughs> can't beat that for all those reasons. <laughs>
2: uh, I would say the the last generation Mazda six wagon, which was never offered in North America. It was sold in Europe and I think in Japan. It was never offered here. You know, I was a big fan of the most recent generation of the Mazda six. And they did have a wagon version overseas. Um, yeah, you know, and you know, in about 20 years or so, you should be able to get one here, um, you should be able to import one. Um, but uh, you know, that the previous the prior generation Mazda six wagon was a fantastic looking car. Um, you know, I, I also liked that one a lot. Um, but uh, I think I I would have to go with the TSX Sport Wagon. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, those were mostly only bought by uh, automotive journalists, um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, or or their uh, their spouses. Um, I know uh, I in a previous job I worked with uh, um, Marsha Pund who's uh dan pun's wife he's uh dan is now at road and track he was at car and driver for many years and she drove a a black tsx wagon uh and that was fantastic car and and i liked that generation of the tsx Uh, i liked it a lot um and the i thought the wagon was great the the only downside of the that tsx wagon is they did not offer it with a manual transmission uh it was automatic only Um, but Aside from that, you know, I I think that was a that was a fantastic car. Uh, so it'd either be that
0: or, or the Mazda six. Um, I, I I've never driven one, but I've always liked the Accord wagon. Yeah, I mean, like it's, all of you know, them. Every Accord wagon looked like had like a cool little and, and the last generation of uh, the wagon just looked like the Accord, and then just like a thing was thrown on the back. <laughs> yeah, and
2: it's been what more than twenty years since they did an Accord wagon. I think. Yeah, like yeah. early two thousands, maybe might even be nineties last time they did a wagon, a Accord wagon. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean that, well, I mean that, that TSX, you know, is essentially the, um, you know, the, the TSX was the European market Accord. Yeah. You know, because uh, Acura is a North America only brand. And, you know, what they did was they brought the, in the rest of the world, you know, we had a, the Accord that was the last several generations of Accord sold in North America were a different car from the Accord that they sold everywhere else. It was bigger. Yeah. Uh, heavier, and the the TSX was the European market Accord, and the wagon was the wagon version of that. So that is actually the most recent version of an Accord wagon that is available. Um, so I I would I would I would vote for that one I think. And you know if you can if you can get one of those, and you know if you could maybe get the parts from a European Accord wagon. <laughs> Uh, and you know, put a
0: manual transmission in there. Yeah, yeah you can get because you can get the Accord, you could get the Accord manual yeah. transmission. So yeah, I like the front end of the Accord better than the TSX. That's the way, That's my big thing. Yeah, and It's uh, yeah. And, well, you could
2: you could also get the uh, the front fascia. You know, the European uh, Accord uh, fascia and put that on. So take off the, the fascia, the TSX fascia, and put the
0: European Accord fascia on there. I'm going to tell you that 90s Hondas are so easy to work on. Like swapping engines, swapping transmissions. A 90s it's Honda? Of a night, so if you get either of those and you want, you can just Frankenstein it and be totally fine, <laughs> to be honest. You're like, oh, I don't like this manual, tra- I don't like this it's automatic like transmission. You know what? You can throw, you can throw the, you can just grab the man, get them, find a manual transmission in the junkyard or from a shop or whatever. No, you can, it's, it's real easy to just sort of swap things out in a night in 90s Hondas. It's just, it's, it's bonkers how, how easy it was to work on those cars. And I, I also miss my 90 Honda Civic hatchback. Wow. <laughs> Well, we're still very happy
2: with our, our 2017 Civic Hatchback. Nice, It's still doing great. So, all right. Um, that's it for this week. Uh, oh, one, uh, one, thing I forgot to mention. Um, the, uh, the show is now available on YouTube. Um, we're, we're publishing it, you know, and I've published like the last six months worth of shows, uh, going back to last fall, or actually back to about last September, uh, to YouTube. Uh, so if you go to, uh, uh, YouTube uh, slash at wheelbearings bearings cast um, you can find uh, the show. So if you like to listen to your, your audio podcasts in YouTube, you know, whatever, you know, whatever works for you. Yeah. Um, YouTube you know, there, music. So. There's, there's no, there's no video there. It's just a, a still image that, that shows up. But you know, if you, if you like to listen to it in YouTube uh, you can, you can listen to the shows uh, on, in, in the YouTube app now. Um, and uh, they're, they're there. Uh, and I may go back and uh, put, you know, keep backfilling the older episodes in there. Um, you know, they only let you, they only let me publish like four a day um, because of uh, rate limits on the YouTube API. But uh, going forward, all the new ones will be published. You know, as, as they come out, they will also be available on YouTube in addition to all the other places where you listen to podcasts, uh, including Pocket Casts and Apple Podcasts and Overcast and Spotify and Amazon Podcasts and, and whatever else you use to listen to, to the shows. So, um, And uh, that's it for this week. Uh, and we will talk oh to you next time.
1: Bye, everyone.
2: It'll be 301.